Welcome to the Help My Unbelief podcast, the number one Christian podcast designed for the unbeliever. What's up, dog? (laughs) I don't know. I just want to mess with him. Check. Oh, there it is. What's up, Larry? What's up? (laughs) (laughs) So you enjoyed ambassadors hanging out with the old people. (sighs) Ah, you didn't like it? I like it. It's just, man, I don't know. You know, there's... Is it the war of the flesh? It's it's kind of like it's kind of like being young and being at going to church with my mom and all her friends and having after after dinner meals sitting mm-hmm. at the table listening yeah. to the old folks talk about what ails them. You know, my elbow, my I'm bursitis. okay with like I get it. I I'm get okay. it. It's going to it's happening to me. It's happening to me. It's going to happen to me. It's a stage of life. No, it doesn't. But see, like, it may be in your personality that that's not your scene. Just like, you got to, like, the biggest thing about myself is I need to be okay with being me, right? Like, I, okay, I'll say it. Now, I don't care if anybody's listening. I don't, I'll say it. I went to the Chamber of Commerce. I signed up for the Chamber of Commerce, and I went in and a couple times, and I shoved it down my throat as hard as I could. And those are the corniest people I've ever met in my entire life by far. And I told Angela, I said, I can't do this. They're like, you guys want to do a brownie bike off to help promote your business there, Mustang? And I'm like, what? A what now? I'm almost 40 running a business and you want me to do a brownie bake off? Are these government employees? Yeah. Well, there you go. (laughs) I'm like, dude, like you, can you guys get any more corny? Um, Okay, now I'm because I think there are some people in that group that listen to this podcast. So I want to say um, I absolutely have no complaints. It's a beautiful group of people, um, filled with well-meaning folk, and and I felt it was awesome. I, I I there's a big there's a large age discrepancy between me and them. I think from the oldest dude. Yeah. Yeah, 40 years. You 40, know what? 40 years. Hey, the dude pushing around the trash can. I felt like... The j- oldest dude in there... I felt like... Is 96 years old. Okay, well, I felt like Gen <laughs> X was not properly represented in that in, in that room. And so I think maybe I, I was one of the few Gen Xers in there. I'll yeah, tell you this. Yeah, unless yeah. Darcy is there, because I'm, right. I'm actually Boomer. Usually right. in any other room I go to, no matter what, I'm always kind of on edge a little bit. Like I'm watching out. I'm kind of just watching people, checking to see like, what's your motive? What's your intent? Why are you talking to me? Like I'm, I'm trying to get everybody's motive behind anything. I got my brain's always moving, right? Mm-hmm. In that room, in that ambassador's room, that's the only room well, that I don't do it. No, you feel completely safe there. I feel fine. I, I feel like I can trust it. everybody in there. Like, and the, the lady that comes up and talks to me every week, I can tell she's just so excited to come up and, and talk to me. Thank you, Marion. I love her Thank so you, much. Marianne. She's she's just so fun to um, talk to. I can tell she's excited to talk to me and stuff. And it's just, it's encouraging, man, that somebody likes what we do. And she runs up to me and I just feel, I feel safe in that room. And there's 
There's not many rooms that I can go in that okay. I feel that way. Okay. That's that's some nice butt kissing that I just heard. But where are you every week that I've ever been there? I don't see you there. <laughs> Calling I go, you out. Oh, dude. no, I'm not going in Oh, there. wait a minute. No. He's too young. He doesn't, yeah. he, he doesn't even reach the uh, age limit. So I guess I can't smack no. him around too much. What is the age limit? What is it from when? Well, where, technically, where? it's 55 and older. So I qualify. You, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, I qualify. Yeah, you, you do qualify. <laughs> but Darcia in, doesn't yet. But she's been. we've been going, what, Larry, five years now? Four years? No, but not I, not four years. But I go in there at the end, and I'm telling three. you, man, like Mr. Cook, his stories he tells, yeah, and Bob, the stories yeah. he tells, and he like almost tears up and stuff. Like, dude, I, um, maybe it's just that's what the skill that makes me good at podcasting is. I genuinely, in in most cases, I love listening to people. I love being able to hear people's stories and take them taking themselves back to a time that they were fond of and how Bob details his stories. And then if some people aren't the greatest storytellers, so you can kind of lead them into it and get the details that you want to know about it. But like, well, let's just share a little experience from ambassadors today. Evidently it was big news that I don't know his name had finally upgraded from his flip phone (laughs) to an Apple iPhone. Okay, so and you're not getting the same stories I'm getting in Ambassadors. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I just thought it was cute. And yeah. I was like, yeah, dude, it's like laying in silk sheets, isn't it? You know? <laughs> I'm going to throw this out here. He said, I can't figure this stupid thing out. Well, Didn't he the, say that? The bad thing is the flip phone has come back. A uh, flip yeah. phone has come yeah, back? Yeah, and it's yeah. the open screen, and then you fold oh, it back, and yeah, it's a full screen yeah. on it. Oh, yeah. yeah. But because it, cause but Ken, Ken Cheers has it's one. It's not the same. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah my buddy, Cheer, My yeah. buddy Ken Cheers, he, he has one that does that. Well, I've often thought it would be better for me to have a flip phone, go back to a flip phone because of the stupid crack cocaine that an iPhone is. Yeah. And that poor guy. And that, that was my first thought was, oh, you know, that's cute, man. He's getting up with the new 22nd century or whatever century we're in. And then I was like, yeah, it's going to drag him in. It's going to mm-hmm. drag him in. This guy got to, got to live his whole life not being dragged in by that garbage. And now... He's now gonna, under peer pressure. Now under peer pressure. Next thing you know, it he's going to be on Golden Corral forums on Facebook. Yeah, exactly. He's going to have Gosh, some TikTok. It. He's going to have some TikTok channel. Yeah, you guys are poor guy. Y'all yeah, guys are yeah. Oh, I just whatever yeah. you do, don't get on Facebook Marketplace. Look, it's look. a wonderful group of very wise people that have been through a lot. And I, it was funny. I was telling my wife I was going to go, and she said, "Well, you understand that's where all the wisdom is at." Oh, and as a guy who needs wisdom in my life, and I pray for it continually. I want to talk about this with you real quick. I'm going to get deep. I'm going to get deep with you and I'm going to, I'm going to talk with you about it. And I want you to, since this is normally therapy for us, I want you to talk about that. Yeah. What do you think's causing you to be cantankerous in groups of people? Cause I've noticed that you kind of just kind of like, what do you Mm. think that is? Have you thought about it? I don't know, man. I think maybe I heard a, I heard a story one time. I don't know if I'm okay. Ooh. It's it's one of two things. It's hey, a, pop the clutch on that thing, brother. Thank you. <laughs> it, it's either I'm an A type personality, which I've had people tell me all growing up. What are you doing in Oklahoma? You belong in New York because you, yeah, you don't. You just want to be alone. Yeah, I yeah. don't have small talk. Look, look. What's the what? Where are we going? How are we going to get there? Let's get to work. And no more conversation. Right. And so groups of people are like pull out of me, which is weird. 
Um, so I don't know if it's a type or I don't know if it's maybe something I did damaged when I first time I took LSD. <laughs> I have the answer for you. Because cause I'm be honest with you. Somebody said you quit developing mature wise when you start. Yeah. You start. I have drugs. the answer for you. What? Um, and I don't know if this is God telling me this. I don't want to claim it if it's not. But I, it's a word that as since we've been talking about this has been coming up a lot in my head. And the word is gratitude. Mm. And what I mean by that is learn how to, I, that's what I feel when I get to experience people talking, even in the show, um, even if it's stuff that makes us uncomfortable, like when I hear Bob tell me his story, um, a couple weeks ago and he teared up, I was just so grateful that I got to experience that with him. You know, that's, that's, I'm, I'm, I was reading a book on mindfulness and communication with people and that's what you have to have is yeah. a deep desire to delve into them and yeah. understand what's going on with them. And, but not only not only a desire to, but I was but thankful. I was the, thankful that he chose me to share because, dude, we're so spiritually in tuned in in this show with how we talk to. But I think there's much more going on in the spiritual world that you can even imagine. Like when someone sheds a tear while they're looking you in the eye, telling you a story from their past, you don't think there's some sort of spiritual connection that they've shared with you right then? Of course there is, yeah. And I think that's what, if you could work on being grateful in the moment, maybe that would give you some peace in those situations. I would like that because social interactions have always drained me. And I'm always, yeah. I'm always out. Okay, I'm out, you know, because I don't know how goodbyes are the worst for me. You know, some people will say goodbye 25 times. And when, when, when you say, Hey, I got to go, I'm in the car. Cause yeah. you said, I got to go. So it's, That's how I am too. It, yeah. It's disengaging for people just standing around and just genuinely talking and listening and all of that. It's always something that's be completely escaped me. It, it makes me very uncomfortable. And I don't, and sometimes I sit around and I think, man, you know, did I leave that conversation too soon? Do people think I'm rude? Do they think you, I don't care? Yeah, you think too much. Yeah, you're allowing your brain to ruin situations. Oh, my brain rule, ruins I, I do all too. kinds of situations. Yeah, mine too. Mine too, for sure. But yeah, that's what I would practice on gratitude. And I understand it'd be hard being grateful if you're having a conversation with someone about their lawnmower chain breaking or whatever that we Wait a minute, like, that's I, important. Well... <laughs> But you, there's you're, not really a chain on an alarm. I know anymore. how that would be hard. I know that that'd be hard to be grateful for something like that. But I also, um, I, you can lead people in a conversation, even if, um, even if like someone's saying like, man, my lawnmower blade broke this week and it started, you can take that conversation where you want, how'd that make you feel? Mm. It'd be like stuff like that. Do you normally get stressed out and start kind of delving into you can make conversations interesting for you. You just have to kind of lead it. <sighs> no, it's that's what I'm saying. If you do that, you're not grateful. You gotta be grateful. I I, I know, and and I'm, <laughs> I'm the nicest a hole you'll ever meet. Yeah. But I I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. And see, I've thought about that. I've thought, okay, Mark, you're gonna come to the end of your life. You've walked out on all these conversations. You don't invest enough in the back and forth between people. You only have like two or one lifelong friend. Who's going to show up at your funeral? And then when you die, what are you going to look back on? All, all these relationships that 
you didn't have? I'm kind of that same way. Like, I don't, I don't really call to. people. I don't have people that, like, I'm kind of bad at calling people. You call me, I'll answer every time. But I'm kind of bad at calling people. And I'm kind of like, who's going to go to your funeral? Right. I know he'd be there. But wait, 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 wait. Be about it. I know. <laughs> there's, there's I know this. two times he does not answer the call. Right? No, not really. I'd call you back, though. <laughs> this is this is what I do. 100% call you Not back. Larry. But I have another person that calls me a lot. And I go. <sighs> I do that a lot, too, with a lot of people. <laughs> you can ask her. I'm a hey, I'm okay being that guy, guys. No, Dude, I'm, sometimes I'm, I go. Sometimes I. Sometimes there's this one guy that calls me. I'll look and I'll go, no. That's what yeah, I do, too. Say, not today. <laughs> not today. Or I'll throw my phone and I'm like, ah. And now, me, too. See, yeah, now I have the same way. Larry's funeral is going to be packed. No. Yes, it will be. Okay, it first off, be. don't speak that over me. And secondly, I'm going in the rapture. There will not be a funeral. Okay. If there is a funeral, I'll make you a promise. I will scream hallelujah in it, at least at the top of my lungs. I mean, hey, I want everybody, if if I honestly have to have a funeral, I want everyone to scream hallelujah. Does it, okay. ma- does it matter really? I want to be able to hear it. Because we've moved on, but I think about that a lot. And I wonder why, I, I believe that's why Larry, God has put Larry in my life to be an example of where I want to grow to. Don't do that to me. Dude, you you uplift everyone. Well, every You're always open. You're always engaging with people. You make, you know, I, I watched you at church the other day and you, you went down to the front, you went to the other church, you came here, you went down to the front and all these young teens, they all come up to hug you. Yeah, I'm a girl. All the girls yeah. look at you as a father image. And that's just because you're genuine, open, accessible. And I claim grandfatherhood, but grandfather, not, not, okay. not grandfather. fatherhood. <laughs> I mean, I, I just I thought it was an amazing thing to see. And gratitude. Okay. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you've got some rejection issues too in there yeah. that's causing your brain to work overtime. Oh, sure. I, I can, think me I and you are a lot alike. Rejection. I think me and you are a lot alike. I our brains work similarly mm-hmm. quite a bit, actually, hearing you talk. Um and so I don't know. I just, it, there's certain people that I get around that I know their intentions or they like, I don't like for me, what's the biggest turnoff is cause I, how do I say this without sounding like a jerk? I feel like I'm pretty good at detecting the reality of what's going on in the conversation. Right. And I can tell if you're being fake. And I don't do well with that. I will get out of there faster than anything if I feel like something's fake. Like, well, well, John down over here, we kicked that horse down. And I'm just like, I'm going to get out of here, dude. Like, I don't need this. Like, I want real. You can see on here, like, albeit I do forget that there's thousands of people that will listen to this. But I pour. <laughs> Praise I pour, the Lord, I can yeah. forget. I yeah, I pour out my soul on here. I, I tell people things that I don't want a whole lot of people knowing, and I pour out my soul on here. But that's what I want. I want real, authentic conversation, interactions, you know, and just like that's what you get out of older people too. You get that out of older people. That's yeah. why I do like hanging out with them better. Honestly, I would go to that. That would be my favorite group to go to, seriously, if I had a choice. And I know I could. I just don't feel like I want to intrude on that because I don't feel like that's my... No, we got to have younger ones in there to to know that it's going to continue. Yeah. They've never once looked at Darcy like, yeah, you're not old enough to be in here. 
Yeah, but I'm super but they're young. Married. Though, but, like, but she is married to me. I'm so young. Mark, yeah, you I, I'm actually surprised by all this because, Mark, I met you in a men's group. Right. You you don't have any problem in there. Well, I, I don't have any problem. I mean, you're, you, we, His you brain's I, going in let, there. Let He's me, fighting let me rephrase that. in there. Yeah. Let me rephrase that. We openly engage in conversation throughout that. To me, that's a whole different deal. I have experience because of going through recovery of mm. being in like a small group and being comfortable with letting other people in and talking about things. But you get me out of the small group mm. and the weirdness comes back. And it's not there's the battles going on that you don't see inside of his head. I'm just yeah, not I, I got I'm, it. I'm, I'm not mindful. Trust me. There's a battleground here too. Yeah, I'm not mindful. My my mind is always racing. But it, but it catches me because like instantly you, myself and Danny yeah, are really we, the orators right. and we 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 try to boost up the others so that they will take over and ambassadors I get encouraged by them because they have been through so much and yeah. then some of them even came in back to god after i did age-wise mm-hmm. so it's like uh, you know an amazing thing but just the ability to see that generation cared for those in their in their area there, there's not the backbiting of the young there's not the blowing off of the young they they generally care for each other and they show yeah. that through love and and commitment to taking care of each other. I love that. I All love being that. said, I'm 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 going to be going more. I like it. Yeah. I like it. It's but I still feel this like I like I'm the kid, you know. I and maybe it's because I felt brain, like that. My brain's damaged. I still think of myself as 35 years old. You yeah. Know? No, because I felt like that when I first went in there, yeah. and I was like, I am that loud. Mm-hmm. obnoxious person right. that all the old people wished would shut, shut up. up. Right. God yeah. will, God will fix your brain, but it's going to be uncomfortable. Oh yeah, of course. He's done so much already. <laughs> you should have met me 10 years ago. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like God's, God's pretty much offering to fix mine too. I'm just, you know, and I don't want to talk about that anymore until I'm sure. Cause I'm on the brink of something here. Right. I feel but like the good but, thing about all of us in all honesty, Larry, Angela, all of us, even Darcia, is we do act as sandpaper to each other. Mm. We we well, smooth each other out, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what we're here for is is to knock off those edges that we're still holding on to that are worldly, and being able to to have those removed by love. Okay, for our fellow man, love. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to act in love and make corrections in each other with love, right? Not not with. You stupid idiot! Right, like 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 Larry used to do. Hold on, right. I'll tell you a, a difference. Like, here's the crazy thing. I'm sitting because I've always thought about that. I was like, why do I like? Because Larry Autry, for example, I hug him every time I see him, and I don't even think twice about it. All right, but then I'm afraid to hug other people. It's because mm-hmm. I trust him. Yeah. I trust him with everything. You know yeah. what I mean? Just because older people, you know, they've been through it. They don't have any motives. They don't want anything from you. Um, they just want what's best for you, right? But here's the crazy part about older people, too, is I'd be more likely to tell you and you about something, a challenge I was going through, faster than I'd tell him. Because you don't want him to think poorly on you. No, no, that's not why. Why? The reason why is, is because I know you guys, you guys would kind of treat 
touch me with kid gloves and you would kind of like, like you would, um, you would kind of fluff me into whatever I needed to hear. Right. And you would still tell me the truth. You would still give me the advice that I needed to know, but you guys would treat me. He's not going to do that. (laughs) He's going to tell me exactly what, what needs to happen. And he's going to tell you, and he's not going to sugarcoat it. And he's going to put it out there on you. But well, see what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. That you don't go to them unless yeah. you want to hear the truth and you want to hear it exactly the way. Unless, you're, hey. unless you're ready to make a drastic change. right change. then. Right. Yeah. Now, see, unless exactly. you're ready to give it up and, and yeah. take the I just, advice. I just right. got a great analogy. That's because he's more grandpa right. type yep. you than right. father. Yeah, you'll I'm light a candle. Enough, be I'm like, old enough to son. be your dad. He's old enough to be your grandpa. Right. Yeah. He's old enough to be my dad. Well, kind of, sort of, not really, but I mean, well, I know how old he is, but I mean, technically he's, so I've always, he's always been like, you know, the, a dad figure type thing to me Yeah. to where I knew I could go instantly, but I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, so I, I guess the only one that would be close enough to be a grandpa's age would be Charles. And I love that dude. You know, he's the one that was pushing around the, the trash can earlier. Hey, talk about being up in your own head. Have you ever, like, put your car keys in the freezer? Uh, <laughs> the fridge, not the freezer. You right. have to be an idiot to put them in the freezer. Right. A real man puts them in the fridge. Oh, I've done it, done it numerous times. And yeah. then search the house for, like, because I, I'll tell my wife all the time, I don't even remember, like, the last hour. I don't remember what I did because I was so up in my own head mm-hmm. with, just crazy you gotta you gotta and you can if you don't all this stuff in my head and i'm walking around doing things and I, and then i i realize i'm an autopilot man it's like an alien abducted me i've lived like with the, that my whole life though and i've developed um, me too i've developed ways of like to where i don't lose my keys now because i have an exact place where i put them every time yes and if they're not there then i <gasps> Right. You know, yeah. so like Same I, yeah, right. I've developed, That's I've developed ways to, to handle, deal to, with that. To now. mitigate yeah. what the world calls ADH, ADHD. Yeah. I, I, I have ADHD. I have that got diagnosed with it, started taking medicine, had already lived my life a certain way and learned how to develop these things, took ADD medicine. It just completely messed it up. And I'm like, Oh, I'm going to have to relearn how to live my life on this stuff. And I was like, nah, no, thanks. I'm done. Yeah. That AD. HD medication, yeah. I mean, it was fun. Yeah, it's good stuff. It was fun. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> it's I had good a good stuff. time. What, what a lie. I go to the psychologist, and I got them to the point where they were just prescribing me straight-up amphetamine D, just amphetamine. I was one step away from getting prescription methamphetamine. Yeah. And these doctors are just, hey, oh, you got it's problems fun. on a scale of ADHD at 1 out of 10. You're a 12. I bet you own your own business. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, you know, you're going to drug every entrepreneur that's creative. Is that what you're going to do? Oh, yeah, that's what we're going to do. Okay. Here's some free amphetamines. Pharmacia, bros. Yeah, um, stunk. So I wanted to share with the audience, <laughs> sorry, too. That, I got on my soapbox a little bit. I'm sorry. No, no, you're good because, <laughs> I, I, in all honesty, I had a problem focusing on things as a kid, but we were corrected with the backhand. Right. Okay. I, so I didn't ever go through that part. Of course, I you know I have my pot days, 
Um, so let me, even that was short lived because I always had a family to, to deal with and take care of. So I want to, I do want to say this because like, I really do have ADD and I, I believe that it's not, I know a lot of people will sit there and they'll say things that are alluding to that. It's just a lack of discipline problem. And that was not the case for me for sure. I for sure have a medical condition that makes me different than, um, people that makes my brain operate different than certain people. Um, I and, have a, I, why did they not have this before medicines? But I will say this is every year when I sat down at the classroom and I would say this year, I'm really going to try. Cause I would, I would get close to failing every year. I said, I really want to try. I really want to fit in with these people. I want to get good grades. I really want to do this. And I would sit there and try. And next thing you know, I'd be halfway through the year and I'd be struggling. I'd be fighting. But that whole time I had this thing going on. And I remember when I was in school, I had this thing going on and I would feel so left out and so dumb and stuff like that, but I'm not dumb, dude. I'm not, I'm not stupid. I'm not less, but there's just something. So I'm not against call it saying someone has a, do I think that there are some kids that just probably need to be disciplined? Absolutely. Yeah. But for me, that wasn't the case. Like, um, I had plenty of discipline and, um, I just had a, I had a condition to where I could not, um, operate in the same way as everyone else. And I don't know if medicine would have helped me when I was a kid. I don't know. I, I, I can appreciate what you're saying. And I'm going to say that I believe that ADHD is a satanic diversion. And that um, it's a spiritual condition. And that um, when we invite pharmacopoeia into our lives, we invite and give permission to all kinds of stuff. When it comes to ADHD. And let the comments begin, because I'm sure I'm going to inflame a lot of people. Yeah, you know what? I'm not even sure that's right. I don't think linearly either. And it's very yeah. difficult to stay on target unless I'm extremely interested in something. But to give a child amphetamine or, oh, yeah. or, one, or, or uh, the other Ritalin that's one molecule off, it's basically synthetic cocaine. Yeah, so I'm saying like, uh, Are, is this though, what we're doing? Even though I had it, had the condition, I wish that somebody instead of just putting me in like a special ed class or something, because then w whenever I got to college, I got all a I got all A's, and so I don't know how to explain that. I don't know if it's because I got to do most of my work on my time, um, is why I did better, and also I was really good at writing, and most of them would let you like write a report to make up grades, and so and I was really good at that. So I don't know if like what happened there to change that. But like, um, I, I definitely don't think that prescribing someone's schedule two narcotics is the answer. Um, I think there's other things we can try first, you know what I right. mean? Like, so I don't want to say that I believe medicating people's the answer, but I will tell you that I do believe it's a condition that I do believe people deal with. And even if they have good intentions on and they are disciplined, I do believe, because it happened to me. You so know? they actually right. put you in special ed? Um, yeah, I had to take a special ed math, cl math class. My um, I had to take a special ed reading class because of between third and... Why'd you say it like that? I'll tell you here in a minute. <laughs> between third and fifth grade, my teacher said that I was having a reading comprehension problem. Mm. Well, the fact was... <laughs> I couldn't see the board and I wasn't moving to the front row. Oh no, my So I I wasn't paying attention and yes, even in 3rd to 5th grade, there were girls in that class. Oh, imagine. I that. was completely distracted. 
<laughs> yeah. Mine was later. Uh, um, well, I happened my whole life, but uh, it got real bad later, like in my high school days. Um, and then I could not pass algebra. I couldn't. And they, to get me my high school credit, um, they had to give me, um, mine definitely wasn't gla- glasses issues. Mine was. Um, I mean, I would try, I would try so hard to pay attention to what she was saying. And then, you know, I would go up there and be like, I don't get it. And they try to explain it. And while they're explaining it again, if I don't get everything, I'd go. And then they would just get frustrated and angry with me. And then, cause I'm like, I'm passing. I'm not, I got to get my diploma. I do want to say this one last thing. Um, you know, you said, where was that, that diagnosis back? Um, I think if somebody did some research and were, and thought critically about it, they could find the reason why Asperger's, ADHD, um, what's the other one, Down syndrome, all of these. Autism. Autism, all of these brain diseases, um, misstructures of the brain, um, didn't happen 40 years ago. Or did they? I think, or just, I think um, no. There's, I, there's I, I disagree because I think there's a, a more chemicals in our food now there's something, than there were. There's something that's changed on a societal level. If you go back, and I'm going to leave you all to do your own research, but there is something that's changed on societal level, and now we have all of these diagnoses. Did you ever hear of it in the 50s? No. Did you ever hear of it in the 60s? No. Not so much. Right? Did you hear of it in the 1800s? No. no. Why? Because there was no chemicals in the food then. Chemicals. I think that, you know, there are going, yes, even in the biblical times, there were, they talked about people having mental not issues. Not like this. But not to this degree. And I think that this is continually brought on by the amount of, chem- I mean, come on. There are foods in America that other countries have already banned. Yeah. Because they're they're bad for us. And, and I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I've never researched this uh, before. That's what I'm. Hey, and I'm sure someone's going to comment on this specific topic. And I'm kinda, probably going to get bashed. Yes. No. It, no. I. I think like sometimes Nero and all them they comment on and they try to give you educational facts and stuff on stuff like this because I don't know. I don't know if autism existed then and we just didn't know how to di- diagnose it. No. It or didn't. be like Frank, stupid. It didn't exist at all. Not not like this. No. Not to this degree. Because it's pretty, yeah. I mean, it is pretty frequent right now. It's very frequent. Does yeah. it have to do with the amount of population increase from those times to now so that it wasn't as prevalent then? But there, I mean, there are, there have been crazy people. I mean, just look at some of the kings. King Henry VIII was a total nutcase that cut off his wife's heads. Yeah. You know, I mean, so you, you can definitely say that there were crazy people back in the day. Maybe that's why Alexander the Great conquered everywhere because he had ADD and he just <laughs> couldn't focus on anything that was in front of him. Right. And he wanted things that he didn't already know. I don't yeah. know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Um, I, I've never researched it, but I just, that's why I only can share my experience and tell you guys like how, and that's what we're doing. We're listening to people and their experience and how things made them feel. And I have a personal relationship with ADD and how it made me. Mm-hmm, me I wish there was something that could have been done to help me um, be better in school. And and I do think it was probably scheduled to narcotics wasn't the answer. I, but yeah, and I understand that, but could have had some fun. You you school, have shared with us on air. <laughs> About your mom and about your dad. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you had a lot of issues that they couldn't deal issues, with though. in their life. So they did not teach you how to deal with. 
Well, and that's what's crazy too is and like you were pretty much raised yourself. I didn't even realize sort. I had a um, bad upbringing either until mm, I was, it was like normal nineteen or twenty, and my sister would be like, "Like we had a bad upbringing." I'm like, "What? Well, I had a blast, you know." And she started telling me, "I'm like, oh, whoa, like." <laughs> Dude, I had a crazy messed up childhood, dude. Like, I didn't even realize it. I didn't even think about it. I didn't know that we were pretty much, that we weren't normal. You know? I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, we attended church. Everybody attended church. Yeah. You know? And maybe every family has a, but I, I know, too, that I would go over to my friend's house, and I had a friend that was three years younger than me, and his, his name was Jake. I haven't talked to him forever, but... um. I, I didn't know to know it at the time, but he'd get frustrated with me sometimes about just like simple interactions we'd have. And he would have to teach me like morality. And he's three years younger than me. And I was like a senior and he would be a freshman or sophomore or whatever. And he would have to teach me like, no, Zach, when you borrow this, you've got to, and you agreed on this, you have to turn this back. And, and he would, I, I didn't think about it at the time, but I get frustrated with him, you know, and I look back at it now and I was like, man. He was teaching you character. Jake was kind of teaching me character because his his mom and dad, I mean, his dad um, had some issues, I think, but he was a really good dad, really good dad, calm, build stuff, really good dad, taught them morals and his mom was really good. Um, and um, and he would, he would then, you know, he would teach me morality in certain cases. And, and I didn't know it at the time. And he probably didn't even realize it either. But um, yeah, like I, mm. I, I wasn't taught a lot of, I had a weird childhood for sure. Um, definitely. And I think he mm. realized that too. So, and we didn't, you know, I didn't. So I, I saw a little bit of that and other people and go, man, you're, 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 you're 14. Why are you throwing a fit? My mom would beat the living crap out of me for that. One time to the back, talk to your mom. <gasps> You know, that's how that would be my reaction. Like, up oh, the the backhand's coming. You know, because you back talk your mom, and other people did that. But I mean, I didn't know that ours wasn't normal. I just thought they were abnormal. One time, there's this kid that was starting to walk home, and I had I had a truck at the time, and I started. Um, I rolled down my window, and this kid this kid only had one testicle. It was known that it, we made fun of him for it and stuff. And um and Jake told me he said. He said, we should give him a ride. And, and I said, nope, only, only people with two testicles can, can ride in this truck. And, um, Jake, uh, Jake said, I'm getting out then. And he, so he got out of my truck and started walking. He's like, if, if you don't want to give him a ride, then I'm going to walk. He was kind of teaching me morality. Mm -hmm. Like I'm going to walk. And so I stopped and picked him up. Um, and I gave him a ride, but that's kind of an example of, how we would do that. And the funny part of that story is the guy that with one testicle that I gave a ride to, um, he ended up passing away. Oh, um, wow. he ended up passing away and I lost my testicle, like a couple, one of my testicles a couple years after he died. And I was like, oh, I always wow. thought to myself, Oh man, I had it coming. <laughs> right. Karma's a B dude. Every time, man, karma's a B every time. Like I lost a testicle, dude. Isn't that crazy? Make fun of me for losing, missing a testicle. I dare you, dude. <laughs> Larry's trying so I, hard not to laugh. I am right now. No, I am mentally trying to figure out how. It's, now I know medically, please. please I, I do know medically, but just the comment in himself. If people don't understand what we're talking about, how could you lose one? Wait a <laughs> you know? Help my unbelief. Oh, how can you lose a it's testicle? Just easy, it's just easier to to comprehend losing a hand, losing an arm. Yeah. You wouldn't you wouldn't right. question that. Right. But when you come down to that, oh, good 
grief. How in the heck do you? Wait, well, I don't know. I was sitting on the couch one day. I, I, have I was sitting on the couch one day, and I got up, and it was gone. I looked everywhere in the couch, and we could never find it. We even lifted the couch up, and it wasn't under there. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Uh, help my unbelief. By law 54-3, First, you uh, must have two testicles yes. to talk on this show. Oh, oh no. Uh, Dang you're, you're going back, to, broadca- well, you're going back right. to, to production right there. Guys, now, you have no clue how much listen, I would love that. I, by the way. I have, I have personal experience. I'm out. Uh, <laughs> Mark, switch. What do you? What do three Chinese fire drill? <laughs> uh, this, this thing would go right into the ground no, if I was I have, the ship. <laughs> I have personal experience, so I do know that it's not a laughing matter. I, I really do. You lost a testicle. I said I had personal experience, not that I personally experienced it. Oh well. That's what personal experience what? means. What? No. no, personal experience. Can you you can oh, have knowledge of something? You found yours in the couch, you, you Lucky. Watch somebody lose a testicle. Oh, I can't. That's even weirder. I cannot touch base on this. I cannot elaborate any further. Than, okay, you can't touch base. The base no. being the testicle. No, there again being moral. I don't have permission to talk about that on somebody else's behalf. Oh, okay. Le- okay. There's somebody that you know. Do I know him that doesn't have a testicle? We could be okay, one testy brothers. Start, let's investigate. Together we will have two. Get, Larry, give up your contact list. We got to go through each person one by one, and we're going to watch the expression on Larry's face when we say their name, and we'll see it flicker. It'll be like the thing. Infinity Dude, Stones. Are you serious? Hey, I played poker, man. It'll be like the Infinity Stones when me and the other guy with one testicle right. combined, we become one superhuman. Right. <laughs> Wonder twin testicles activate in the form of. Okay, stop this a now. Successful podcast. Stop the insanity now. This is a Christian podcast, guys. <laughs> Cannot believe Pastor Gary's going to listen to this. <laughs> I, oh. I cannot believe that we just went 15 What's minutes on this. Wearing, huh? What's that shirt you're wearing? Uh. Oh, um, this is my buddy, Aver Tyson. Um, it says Yahweh or no way. He is with Holy Spirit quotes apparel. Um, you guys got it. Tyson's awesome, dude. Yeah, he is. I love Tyson. He came down for a while and visited us. I've seen him. A co- he came back down a, about a month ago. He actually came in here and sit one time while we were. Taping. Yeah, he did. Uh, but yeah, go go check out Holy uh, Holy Spirit Quotes Apparel. His, God just give him quotes, and he makes shirts out of them. Yahweh says, or no way. I Yahweh like or no way. I like it. Um, anyways, let's get to our guest. His name is Chaos. He is a Luciferian, which means he believes Satan is a real thing, and he worships Satan as his God. Um, this his, is not what, an atheistic what's his name? Um His name is Rick. So let's get to him. Rick, how are you doing, man? I'm doing great. How about y'all? Not bad at all. Where are you from? He's a southerner. Uh, well, originally West Virginia, moved down to the Carolinas. Now I'm over in Oklahoma. Woo! Well, there, that that's the whole trail of y'all. You, I I heard oh, the southern man. accent. I was like, I was like, is this one of us right here, boys? <laughs> well, y'all since know I, it since was? I've been I've I've been over here since 2013, and I've lost a lot of it. <laughs> but it. When I, no, when you I didn't. stayed over in, in, in South Carolina, it, it was bad. Boy, I'm here to tell you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Man, dude. You didn't lose a lot of it. It's, it's all uh, right there, bro. Yeah, no, you still got it, man. You didn't lose nothing, dude. All right. Um, I heard his accent right away, and I was like, I, I, I think it's one of us, dude. Well, my, we took a family. Oh, oh yeah, I'm one of y'all. <laughs> we, you we, know we're in Oklahoma, right? What's that? You know we're in Oklahoma, right? 
No, I didn't know that. Yeah, we're in Oklahoma. Yeah, where are what what city do you live in? I'm over there close. I'm right close to Fort Smith is where I'm at over there. Okay. Oh, he's I in got eastern you, yeah. Oklahoma. Yep. We're in Yukon, yeah. Oklahoma. Okay. I've done a lot of work over there in the area. I work in the oil field, so I've been through Yukon, Mustang, El Reno, all of it. That's what I'm talking about, dude. Cool, man. It's a small world, huh? It really is. It really is. I had no idea y'all were that close. Well, um, I'm happy to have you on. Um, have you watched any of our shows? I've watched several of them, and I really, I, I, I don't comment on a lot of people's stuff, but I, I started on your guys' because of the uh, the openness, not only to help people, but to learn yourselves. Yeah. I, I really like how you guys do things. That's awesome. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Um, first, before we get started, I'm going to go around the room and I'm going to introduce everybody to you. But let me kind of explain um, who we are first. Uh, we're, we're the Help My Unbelief podcast. We um, we don't believe in debating here. Our general consensus is we usually talk to people that don't believe the same thing as us, but we don't debate. And I know in the world that we live in today, that's kind of hard to but, believe. But we get yeah, it done. It's- um, we get it done every week, and so we're excited to have you on, and we're looking forward to just hearing your story and um, hearing sure. from you. So, But let me go around the room and introduce uh, so you can under- hear all the voices in the room here. Um, my executive producer, Mark's here today. Hey, how's it going? My Good, lo- how about yourself? My lovely wife, hey. Angela. Hello. Hello, hello, Ms. Angela. My salt and pepper co-host, Larry. How are you doing today, Rick? Good yourself, brother. And then you've got me. Um, I'm the young, vibrant, um, very strong-looking um, host, Zach. The good-looking the good one, group. The good-looking one, yep. That's it. That's exactly right. <laughs> I'm surprised he only gave you, like, three descriptive verbs. I need to start preparing those. He's, he's usually got, you know, a 15-minute paragraph. Yeah. I need to start sure, preparing sure. that uh, before we get on here because I need to come up with some more. I start to think about, like, well, what? I just want to say I do appreciate that you are clean shaven again. Do you like that? You like my clean shave? You look much better clean shaven than that scruffy beard you had. Really? Yeah, yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't I'm clean know. shaven as well. I can't stand it. Yeah, I, I don't understand how he can call five whiskers a beard, but we were gall going with him. <laughs> Poor little fella. <laughs> man. Poor little I need new friends, Rick. <laughs> boy, boy, the love in this room. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so, um, yeah, so at the end of the show, too, what we'll do is we'll end up going around the room and everybody will say something in parting to you. But since you're, you're our guest, you're going to get the closing um, thing to say. Um, and so that's how we do things, man. I'm excited to hear from you, but let's go ahead and get into it. Um, I talked to you, I, I, I went back and read a small little paragraph that we, we had talked about a month ago. Um, it's to my understanding that you used to be a Christian and then in August you changed over. Are, would you consider yourself a Luciferian? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Can you describe to us what that is? A Luciferian? Uh, let's see. I still don't know how to go about all that. I've never, never, never done this sort of thing before. Um, well, let me backtrack. I was raised in church, uh, Christian parents, Christian family, preachers in the family, the the whole shebang. And uh, I, I worked endlessly, tirelessly my life to read the Bible and try to become close to God. 
and it was just it, a, a series of events in my life. I lost my dad recently. I lost my mom recently. Uh, my wife left. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> just everything within within a couple years span was uh, was a lot. And it, it, you, most you guys know you you don't seek much kind of help or anything. You just kind of try to deal with things yourself and and figure it out. And uh, I, I might also add, I've been trans since I was four years old, and I'm 53 now. So this is not part of the new thing that you see going on out there. Oh, I'm trans, blah, blah, blah. And I don't get on that bandwagon. I don't want attention for it. I just want to be left alone. That's how most of us my age work to begin with, and that's how we are now. Right. <laughs> and You've, so, part of my... Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I'm just sitting here thinking, so like, like your, your past. So were you, did you believe in God? Were you, would you say, you, cause you still believe in God, but you, um, I absolutely do. I absolutely okay. do. Yeah. But you, were you still worshiping God, um, Yahweh whenever, whenever you lost your wife and your parents? Absolutely. Until August. Yes. Do you kind of, um, so I understand this a lot. I understand this a lot. And I've heard this a lot recently. I was talking to someone in private about it yesterday, but, um, kind of like you said, like you, you hadn't really asked God for a whole lot. And then when you started to lose your parents and you started to lose, um, your wife, you were probably crying out to him for help. And then peace and understanding more than anything. And then whenever it happened, you didn't feel like he had stepped in. Yeah, my my mom was a very religious lady, and she really screwed me and my stepdad over uh, with the will and on her deathbed and everything. And it, that makes when when you get dumped on like that, it really it really makes makes the passing a lot harder to deal with as well. Yeah, because it makes you bitter, and you shouldn't be bitter toward a loved one that has passed. No. Uh, um. Uh, no, contrary to some what some people are probably going to hear this going. Wait a minute, this guy worships the devil and he has feelings. Yes, we all have feelings. Well, we, we is, all feel love and disappointment and everything. This isn't our first um, rodeo with the Luciferian. Uh, if you were the first one, we would we we probably would have all been scared and nervous in here. But um, <laughs> right, we're, we're old vets by now. But um, so n the fact that. The fact that you um, worship Satan doesn't hold anything. Like we don't, we don't look at you in a different light. The fact that you just told us you were trans, we don't look at you in a different light. I'll just say it right now. Well, it, 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 it's not. And here's the thing: some, a lot of what I see, because I happen to be able to blend and be on both sides of that that discussion fence, um, as come as a chameleon without telling somebody that I am trans, I can, I can be in a discussion group where they don't know that I am. So I get to pick the brains of both sides. It's for a lot of them today. It is a choice for attention where they lacked attention at home or whatever. I don't know. I'm not going to speak for everybody. Absolutely. I know mine was not a choice in 1974 when I discovered this at the age of four, my parents and everybody thought I'd grow out of it. You know, it was just a phase or whatever. As time went on, it kept going on. And I had to lie to everybody and tell them that it had stopped 
because part of the process of fixing you during these times was to take you to an asylum, and it was an electric shock therapy. Oh, man. And I I understood enough about electricity to know I didn't want that to happen. (laughs) Right. You know, so I was like, yeah. And so what you told so, them, you told them that you thought that you thought you should be a woman when you were young and they didn't they didn't um, respond no, to that. No, no, okay, no I was just dressed. Never, what's that? Uh, sorry, Rick, I want to interrupt you for a minute. There's a uh, difference. Right. There's a difference between the definition of what he's referring to as trans and what the younger generation now refers to as trans. Okay. Yes, there's a big Okay, so big so I picked that up simply in the fact and I I, I want to say it this way. He's working in the oil field. That's not something that's going to be very no. acceptable in the oil field. No. On what no. people think of the word today. Right, no. What he's referring get to eight, get eight alive. Would you please share with us Rick how you Define that word. I understand that I am a man. I understand this body is the body of a man. My feelings inside, in my brain and in my heart, inside my body, at not at all times, but a lot of times, I feel female. And it's always been that way. But I've always known that I am still a dude, no matter what. I call myself or how I dress. And I think that's a point a lot of people miss. You can't just throw on a dress and makeup and say that you're a woman. I'm not a woman. I'm a trans person. That's exactly what I am. How did you pick if up I that? My, how did you pick that up that it was, he meant that differently? How did you? Two things. Well, first off, he said from four. Secondly, he said that he had, had had a wife at one time. And that she recently left, and that he's working in the oil field, which is all musk man man oriented work. Yeah, that they they don't play around out there. Do they know? Do they know, Rick? No, I have one friend that knows. My my very best friend knows. Why are you okay uh, with coming on that, here and saying it? Why are you okay with coming on here and saying it? What makes you feel comfortable to tell us? I just think you guys are, are, are a comfortable group one to be with as far as I, I've been watching. And I think the work that you do is good, and my story may help somebody. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if, if Zach is old enough to remember MASH. Okay. Okay. I've, oh, never, Klinger, I've never watched it. It's a military show, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Klinger was a transvestite, yeah. but he was only doing it to get out of the, out of the Army. Okay. Right. Yeah, his was just it was just a ploy. Right, but I mean, so in that format, he still here. Here's I'm going to step out on a limb with you, Rick. Is that okay? Yeah, sure. Don't sure. say yeah. No, I'm kidding. Don't say yeah. <laughs> mostly, mostly I, what I'm a pretty open person. So <laughs> Rick was more than likely had a very masculine dad, but he oh, also yeah. had a very um, demanding mom. Okay. He, anytime that he expressed and correct me anytime that I'm wrong, Rick, anytime that he, he, um, showed feeling or showed any kind of, of softness, 
one of his parents told him that that wasn't right and he he needed to be tough. If he had if he cried, probably one or both of them told him that boy men don't cry. They taught him how to be a man, and that's why his job is where he is now. One of the most masculine type jobs is it's dangerous. It's hard to deal with. It's a lot of work and a lot of hours. Um, and so every time he expressed any type of feeling of softness or compassion or love for anything, somebody squashed him. Or vulnerability. Yes, there you go. Yeah, during, during that time, absolutely. Uh, you were you were raised entirely different. You know, we're the feral generation. You know, we were just beaten. <laughs> told to get over it, you know, and, yeah. and just move on. And, and I understand. My, I understand why you wouldn't want to. Like you, you knew. So you just started lying to them. Did they ever? Did they ever come oh, out yeah. like later on? Whenever you were, you know, pretending that this this didn't this just didn't exist. Did you ever? Did they ever ask you if this went away? And and you just would lie to them again periodically. No, no. no uh, I did a good job of hiding it. I would. Uh, I would hide clothes and I'd stop, you know, this is bad, but I stole clothes from cousins and stuff like that. And I would hide it in trash bags and little bunkers I made out in the woods because we had a lot of property. And to be who I was, I would go out there and just roam around the woods dressed up. I do you know, have from, one question. Uh, so you said that sure, in their, sure. pa- so I was just curious in their passing, did you, did you come clean and let them know that this was who you really were? I came clean to my mom when I was 21. I brought her pictures, and she's like, is that your girlfriend? Look at the legs on there. Oh, you know, she's just all over it. And I'm like, Mom, look at the picture. And she started looking. She said, oh, my God. So that probably had that probably had something to do with what you mentioned, her will. It may have. That may be part of why she changed it the way she did, uh, out of disappointment. My my sister is five years younger than me. When I had an older brother, he was killed by a car. Mm. And it was just me and my mom. My my birth dad was in the Marine Corps at the time, and he was in Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, when my brother got killed. Mm. He became an alcoholic after Vietnam and all that stuff, and so him and mom had split ways. Eventually, she met who was my stepdad that adopted my sister and I, that I really consider my dad because he's the one that taught me how to be a man and how to work and make a living and survive. Mm. And, uh, but when my sister was born, I just kind of got put on the back burner. And that actually, in, in my therapy sessions, we've come to figure out that actually helped fuel my trans side because here I'm watching my sister get all the pretty dresses and the shoes and the makeup and all the stuff that all the I attention. felt I was, that, that, that I was supposed to have. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because, and, and, and you also have that other thing is as a stepchild, you're seeing the one that they, they finally had their kid. And so Larry, are you trans? Right. No. How are you so familiar with all this stuff? How do you like, <laughs> no, I'm not accusing you, but I'm like, Larry is really in tune with this stuff. Did you have a brother or something? That's that good. That's good, though. No. No, I, I didn't. can't wait till I, mean, I get old and no, I just have listen, all this knowledge. We, I mean, my girlfriend and I had set ourselves up, and I'm talking, man, I was probably 10 or 12. And for the church Halloween, 
I was going to dress as a girl and she was going to dress as the boy, but we were still good. You know, the couple thing. Right. And the place that we were going to have the party actually burned to the ground. So we didn't go, but I mean, I had, my aunt did my hair up and I mean, you know, everything, right? Yeah. yeah. But it was just a costume and you got to stop and stop, stop and think how many times the old shows actually showed that, uh, Laurel and Hardy, mm-hmm. uh, what right. the, the three stooges, three did stooges it. did it. Um, I mean, all of those, some, uh, it wasn't just clinger, but didn't, didn't even Gomer Pyle dress up one time as a, a female. I don't know. On, on, uh, uh, probably so. They also did it on Carol Burnett and yeah. all those kind of shows, yeah. you know, Lafayette, all those, all of them. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, that was, age now. <laughs> it wasn't, it didn't carry the, the stick on that it does now. Um, I wonder what the different, like, Rick, let me ask you that. I Rick. mean, nothing, listen to me, and I'm, I'm going to step off into this, and it's really, I have never had any kind of sexual thoughts toward men. But my mom wore right. a moo moo. Okay. And we had a floor furnace. And the best That's thing in the floor. world, best thing in the world is when you're cold, you throw that moo moo on and you step over the floor furnace and all that heat stays inside. Oh. It's just oh. awesome, yeah, dude. Good but boy. Listen. <laughs> oh, man. I love this because every winter. Now the I'm a- <laughs> is coming out. <laughs> right. Uh, every you winter. gotta see Zach's the look on Zach's face right now. I'm gonna wear get a T-shirt that says it's cold enough to make Larry get his movement. <laughs> no, dude. Oh no! Oh, I I knew I stepped last off thing, that limb. The last I, I thing fell. in my life that I ever want to see is Larry in a moo moo, and I don't even know what that is. Is he the one with the beard and glasses? Yeah, yeah. that's him. I, you don't want to see him okay. in a moo moo either, yeah, Rick, no, I promise I'm, you. I'm an old dude. No, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, Rick, let me. I want to ask you a question, man. Um, so, I get where you're going in the beginning that yeah. you lost. And I, I'm going to ask you this question just straight out. You're trans. Sure. You lost your mom. You lost your dad. You lost your wife. But what is what does that have to do with God? Do you, are you associating all that with God that He could have saved it and He didn't? And you're and yeah, yeah. Let me try to explain that because I've and you get a lot of time out here and think as well too, right? And and with becoming with being all alone the past couple of years, just me and me and the dog. Are you a flowhead? I, I get a lot of time. And, no. Oh, okay. No. A what? A flow hand. I'll, 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 okay. I'll, I'll skip what I, what I do. Yeah. Okay, got gotcha. you. Trying to keep me out of somebody, sure. somebody's direction. Yeah. Well, I, gotcha. I used to be in the oil field, and I was a flow hand, and I had to stay out on um, locations for like uh, three months at a time in a camper. Oh, yeah. So I, I, if oh, yeah. if you do something similar to that in the oil field, then I can relate to you because um, I used to do that too, and I'm, it it changed me. Twenty one on, seven off. Oh, good grief! Yeah. 21 yeah. on seven off. Good grief. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, uh, so if you do anything, yeah, I, I can relate with you, man. Um, right. Um, so yeah, so you understand, I can't let the cat out of the bag with them. No, you can't. That's why I said, like, you gotta, kinda, that, yeah, gotta be kind of careful. I, I wish I could, I wish I could, but you know, uh, but it, it, 
was I, what were we talking about? What was I saying? So I said oh, you I'm lost your about. wife, you lost your mom, you lost your dad. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what does that have to do with uh, God? Are you blaming God for that? Well, even as uh, – I got to go back just a little bit. Even as a kid, you know, feeling the way I did, feel, having feeling like a boy and like a girl. I can't say man because I wasn't a man then. So feeling like a boy and a girl, but feeling more like a girl than a boy. I prayed endlessly since a child, since my childhood. And when I learned, you know, for words free will are not in the Bible, but God gave it to us. Uh, even the angels had free will. That's why they were able to rebel in the, in the manner they did. So I asked and, and even asserted it of my own free will a hundred million times, please take this away from me. It hurts. And I never got a lick of help for it at all. At 10 years old, I tried to hang myself in the woods while I was in a dress. Oh, man. And the limb broke, came down, busted my mouth. And so obviously that didn't work. So I gave up on that idea <laughs> for a long time. I, I tried a couple more times and it never worked. But yeah, I, I, I prayed, you know, for, for everything under the sun, especially my marriage, because we have three wonderful kids. Did she know? And, oh yeah, yeah, she knows. Okay. And she would never be a part, a part of it. She did, you know, when, when I'm not here and you do your thing, that's fine, but I don't want to see it type deal. Yeah. And, and, but she always used it against me too. I mean, she's. Yeah. When you get in a fight a or whole, something, she that, would throw that, it in your that, face. That, that's a whole nother, that, that's a whole nother show. Yeah. So. I get, I get toxic <laughs> relationships for sure. So she, when you, when she'd be yeah. mad at you, she'd throw it in your face. She'd use it against you. Cause she knew, oh, you knew your, it was the, an insecurity. The things, the things I'd done before she was born was my fault. <laughs> yeah. Know? Right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, when you are really striving to try and stay in touch with God and begging and pleading and crying and screaming and spitting and snotting. And you get nothing, nothing, nothing time after time after time. And through all of this, I became a, a, clin a diagnosed clinical depression because of all the crap that I've had to endure. I mean, I've been, I've been caught out while I was dressed. I've been beat up, put in a hospital. I'm a pretty big person. And, it's kind of hard to fight and heal sometimes, though. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. I mean, I've, and I lived in Charlotte when that happened, oh. and I was in the hospital for five, five days, and mm. I couldn't even call all of my family that lived there because they didn't know. I didn't I hadn't told nobody. Mm. Now, for this past uh, two years or so, I've came out to everybody in the family, and I've met with nothing but respect and admiration. No, nobody has said anything bad about me. How old are you now? 53. 53, okay. That, yeah, I just, uh, man, that's got to be a tough life, but, like, what what I want to ask is, um, have you ever read the book of Job? Yeah, I've read the whole Bible. Okay. Do you remember what the book of Job was about? Could you maybe give me a synopsis of what that was about? No, not right off the top of my head. I don't okay. retain stuff. I'll, I'll give you like a synopsis and forgive me if I'm not getting this right and you guys can chime in. But um, basically what happened was Job was this like righteous servant of God. Um, the Bible even called him a word. It called him blameless. It said he was blameless before God. Right. 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 And um, 
So what happened was the devil, um, obviously he had um, access to God. The devil went up, Satan went up to heaven and said, um, and God, God told Satan, he said, have you seen my servant Job down there? He's like, he's serves me no matter what and stuff like that. And Satan said, well, the only reason why he serves you is because you give him everything. You, you allow him all these things and um, you give him all these nice things. If, if you took any of that away, he would curse you. And God's like, nope, not Job. And anyway, over the next course of however long, God ended up, the devil kept convincing God to take these things from him and ended up, or the devil was actually the one that took him. God allowed Satan to torment Job, um, gave Job um, an illness, um, boils all over his whole body. Took, yeah, uh, yeah, I remember all that now. Took almost all of his livestock, killed his family, um, lost everything. And Job never cursed God, but he ended up saying, like, God, why'd you do this? Like, why would you even have me born if you were going to make me go through all this? Like, why would you even make me be alive? I'd rather be dead. I would have rather not even been born than you have me go through this. It's like, what did I do to deserve this? And God's answers. <laughs> Not very fulfilling, but it's like, hey, um, I'm God. Don't question me. You know, like my ways are above your ways. And, you know, I'm basically is God's not always going to explain himself, but we are intended to trust that he has a good reason for everything that for every unanswered prayer. We have good reason. Dude, trust me. Trust me when I tell you that it's very hard to trust God in everything. I have a situation I'm going through right now that I can't say on here because there'd be some legal ramifications, but I'm going through something right. right now where there's this person that's essentially messing with me, bullying me right in a situation. Mm -hmm. And there's another third party in the situation that I believe is in borderline danger. And I'm praying that God bails me out of this situation and bails them out of this situation. And I've been met with silence in this, right? And I'm going, God, help? God, how can you sit here and watch this? Do I need some oil field help? Yeah. Bro. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, man. Um, trust me. I'm tempted to get the world involved, but. Little violence never hurt nobody. <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> only only the person it was intended to. But what I'm saying That's is, right. it's like it's hard for me to trust God, and I don't always trust God. You can ask Angela. I ask her, like, what is going on? What's going on here? But sometimes we get involved in the situation, and then we mess it up because God has a plan and a purpose for it, and. And it's not always going to seem from our human perspective that it's the best idea. Like it's, and it may never, you may never understand why, but we right. have to trust that it's a good reason. Like I believe right now, I believe there's a reason why God hasn't delivered you from the feelings of being trans, even when you asked him to, I believe there's a reason for that. And I believe there's a reason for it to glorify God. Now, you, now where the free will comes in is you get to decide whether you use that to glorify God or glorify Satan. Does that make right. sense? And that's what Job's choices were. Job could have cursed God and glorified Satan, or he could have glorified God and cursed Satan, and he chose 
to glorify God. And then Job ended up getting back um, double of what uh, double of what he had before. And I know that's I know that's hard to hear, and that's there's no answer in that, right? There is no answer no, that a, you there, want to hear. A, there's a lot. There's a lot of places with no answers. Uh, you know, my two biggest issues is, um, like all the children that are suffering and dying with cancer. Yeah. Uh, all those prayers from those little children, all the all the children and and battered women and stuff all over this world that pray every day, please don't let him come home. Please don't let her come home and do this again. And they go unanswered. And I don't, you will never be able to explain to me why. There's, there's, I just, I, nobody's been able to explain why he allows that to go on when they're praying for that salvation, for that deliverance. Do you think Satan has better, do, do you think Satan has better intentions than God does with all that stuff? I know from, you know, and you have to remember too, I'm just, I'm new into this side of it as well, but I'm learning as I go. And in his, in his rules for earth, you're not supposed to harm anybody unless they're trying to harm you. And number nine on the list is never harm a child. He loves the children. Amen. He would he would never intentionally cause harm to a child. That goes against what he teaches. Believe it or not, the path of Satanism is very peaceful. What do you uh, to teach you to, to respect yourself more than than you're allowed to in Christianity? Do you think? Do you think that do you think that Satan has the ability to heal children? I, that I don't know. I'm not going to speak for him on that. I don't know the realm of his powers. I know they're great, but I don't you know as far as healing and that goes, I I from what I understand so far for something like that to happen or you know you become the billionaire or whatever, you got to cut a deal of some kind. And I haven't found out how to do any deals like that. I can't explain to you what they are because I just simply don't know yet. Can but I, from my understanding, yes, he can. I, but I have I seen it? No, I have not. Those are answers you need to look into because these. This is the thing that you've got to understand is that there's eternal ramifications to what you're doing right now, like the trans yeah. thing. The trans thing. Get it, girl. The whole, the whole losing your wife thing. I'm sorry, man, and and I and the whole losing your parents thing. I understand all that. It, it, it all sucks. It all sucks. Yeah, but, but it, getting in, not- getting into this stuff. This is where I want to have a chat with you real quick. Getting into this stuff is where I want to get a little more serious with you because this is where I have to speak. You have to look at you have to look at this stuff, and you have to think for yourself for this stuff. Not with me. I'm not trying to convince you anything. I want you, I'm going to give you some ideas for you to think logically on your own. Does Satan have the ability to heal children's cancer? If he does, then you've got to put him on the same level of God. You can't make excuses for Satan and not make those same excuses for God. If Satan, if if Satan has the ability to heal cancer and he doesn't, then you've got to figure something out with that. Does that make sense? Right. Like, why doesn't he? Absolutely. Well, you, you're blaming you're blaming God for not healing cancer, but then you're but then you're blaming but then you want to blame Satan for 
not healing, healing cancer as well. Now, I personally, we probably all agree on this, that we don't believe Satan has that ability to to grant those types of may, wishes. He may not. I'm, yeah, he may not. Um, he, 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 maybe one of the things God limited on him. God, God can make promises, okay? And when God makes those promises, he literally cannot lie about those promises. He cannot lie. He has to fulfill every promise that he does. He has to because he's a good God and he's perfect in nature. You can cut deals with Satan all you want. And it's a coin flip on whether he's going to fulfill those or not. And guess who has to approve that transaction? Satan cannot do anything without God's approval. You have to understand that. And I believe that every decision that God makes under the sun, even while like, here's how I, here's how good I believe God is because uh, trust me, dude, I've backslid as well. And even right now I have days where I act like the redheaded stepchild of God. Trust me right now, today, I act like I, even though right now you're saying, God, I'm worshiping your enemy. I believe every decision God is making is designing you to come back to him. That's how much he loves you, dude. That's how much God loves you is that this doesn't shake him. It doesn't rattle him. He's like, my son's going to come back to me. And he's confident in that. And he's, he's still proving these steps to you to get you back to him. I believe that. I believe that because I don't believe Satan has any good plans for you, man. And I think, I think these issues that you've been through are quite a bit different than a normal person goes through. You know what I mean? And you've experienced things under a very different lens than what other people get to experience them. And you've been trying to find a way to process it. And you've probably been told your whole life that God hates you because you're this thing. And I'm here to tell you today that he doesn't. He doesn't hate you. He doesn't hate you because you like to wear women's clothing. He doesn't hate you. He loves you. Very much. And Satan wants nothing but to watch you be destroyed. And God would hate that. God would hate that. I don't have the answer of why he doesn't heal all the kids. We had David on too. His daughter was in the hospital. He sent me a video. Um, his daughter's walking now. Dave, um, the atheist agnostic that came on. Um, he has to walk through the hospital to visit his daughter for the last two years, I believe. And he has to walk through a bunch of sick kids to, to even mm-hmm. get to see his own daughter sick. And you can imagine what that does to him when he's prayed and prayed and prayed and, and um, he didn't get his um, prayers answered. So right. I get it. I get it, man. I, I know it's, I know it's tough, but I don't think it's, I don't think it's God's fault. And I don't think God, I don't think God hates you. Do you think God hates you because you're trans? Well, um, what, what I think, what I believe in my heart, and this is also from, I, I don't know the whole verse, but I, or where it's at, but I remember it says, not all those who say, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. And I see many people, and I I, I hate to assume on people, but I've seen many people, and, and I 
I say this more for myself. I, I don't think that everyone was meant to be in his grace. And I just think, I honestly believe that I am not one of those people that was ever meant to be part of his plan. And the other reason for saying that is there in August when I, I sat out there, I live out in the country and I, I sat out there with the breeze blowing everything, talking to God. And I told him, I said, dude, this is, this is the last time that I'm going to beg you because I can't do it no more. I'm broke right, with everything that's happened in my life. And now this with you, I'm broken. I'm done. I need your help. I need to know if you're with me and I can honestly sit here and tell you, I felt something to leave me and I felt completely unequivocally hollow. I have never, I didn't know a human being could feel that empty. I couldn't even cry. I was just, just empty. Nothing. Void. What do you think that was, Mark? I don't know. I'm identifying a lot with the hopelessness that, and, and then the vacuum of that's felt when the presence of God is removed. Yeah. Um, I identify so much with a lot of, a lot of Rick said, Rick, my, my dad died when I was 12. My mom died in 1999. My wife divorced me after I, I prayed and cried out to God over and over and over again through that process and said, what have I done? Why is this happening to me? And, you know, then losing my children and going on just this horrible emotional pain where there was just nothing. Um, man, I, I identify with what you're saying. I didn't, I turned the other direction. I just put a bunch of medication on top of that. What I call medication, um, right into that hole to numb the pain. Um, but eventually I, because of all of that, I came to a point where I just, just couldn't do it anymore. And I had to reach back out to God again. And it was really weird because of all that silence and him allowing that to happen, you know, when I reached back out again, suddenly he was there and he helped me. Um, and I got a relationship with ship with him, but it, it, it took some work and through reading the Bible, I've understood that one thing that's really been pounded in my head by God was that, look, man, this isn't all, I know that you want it to be because you're a poor suffering soul, but this isn't all about you, Mark. And I'm not talking about you, man. I'm talking about me. Yeah, yeah I, uh, I got you. I got you. The Bible says that we overcome the people in Revelation. It says in Revelation, people that go to heaven are those that overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the power of their testimony. And basically what God has led me to understand through all of that is we're we're in a we're in a war and this is a lot bigger than you or me or any one of us, this, this is a fallen world. I can't take up for God and explain why babies are born with three legs and why they get cancer at such an early age. Yeah. Right? None of us can, you know, ex Nobody can. except that we're in a fallen world where we get choices in this. And, you know, I, I, 
finally got to the point where I realized, you know, God's, God was building in me a testimony um, because he planned on using that testimony to increase the kingdom because, because of all that pain where he didn't show up and then the, the, the extreme, extreme levels that I went trying to compensate for the vacuum that I felt, no answer from God, and looking at my own devices or other directions. And then when I got couldn't handle that anymore and reached back out to him and him pulling me out, he was building all of that testimony to be able to help some people and to be able to, right. to add people into the kingdom. And yeah, is that that's that's a little rough. You know, it feels kind of tough sometimes. Um, well, I know what you're saying is true because I've seen a lot of people go through what you have, what I have, and, and even much, much worse. And God has pulled them through. Right. I absolutely believe in God's existence. I believe in his power. Rick, I, I want to, I know his power. I want to say something before I forget, uh, because, um, I want to tell you, I'm going to use Satan just like I believe Satan's lying to you. Satan lies to me all the time. Okay. And Satan has, mm-hmm. Satan has tricked me many, many times. He's a lot smarter than I am. Um, he's more cunning than I am. He's been around for a lot longer than I have. He's very good at tricking you. Um, that's why we always like what we believe. We believe that we have to be connected to God all the time because we use him to help us overcome the wiles of the enemy essentially. Right. Um, and I wanted to bring up a Bible verse to you to show that the enemy has lied to you and we call him the enemy. I'm sorry. I know you don't look at him that way, but, um, I wanted to bring up a Bible verse. That, I, 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 I respect your guys. Just, just, if yeah. somebody respects me, then I'm going to respect them. I, I mean, didn't want him to call Hindus them the enemy. There, I, don't, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with Buddhism, this and that, but I respect other people's choices. Right. But I wanted to read you a Bible verse to show you that, um, that God doesn't, um, doesn't pick some people out. And then and cast some other people away. At Second Peter three nine, um, it says the Lord is not slow in keeping his promises, as some understand slowness. Instead, he's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to re- repentance. So it is God's wish that everyone to come to repentance. So um, the fact that you think that God left you and he has set you aside and that you are unlovable and that God does not want you and he had left you and he's gone for eternity. I believe literally that Satan whispered that into your ear and told you that, and you're believing it. And I believe that it's a lie. And I, where I go to where I know whether something's a lie or not is I go to the Bible. Um, and I, you can go to God himself right. and ask him. And I just believe that I believe you got lied to. Um, I don't think God wants any of us to um, perish. And then I also wanted to notice with with you that it says that um, God is patient with you. Not take the most patient person you've ever met in your world and go, my my God, that guy was patient. God's even more patient. That's why I'm saying like right now, you think God hates you because you're trans and all this other stuff and all this bad stuff with you. God's just chilling, man. He's good. Like he just... He's chilling all the way through this. He know he knows that you're good, man. He's not worried about it. He's going to set some things in front of you. He's going to plant some seeds, and then it's going to be up to you to take those seeds and run with them, you know? But uh, God's patient, man. He's not up there mad and shaking his fist at you because you're not going the right. Gosh, I wish Rick wouldn't you get his crap together. He's not doing that, man. And what, what I hear Rick saying is that he did that. He hit rock bottom out yeah. there. He hit rock bottom out there in the woods. He came to the end of himself. Yeah. 
He said, God, I can't do I'm this a, anymore. I'm done. done. Right? I'm done. You got to take this from me. Or you got to come or go. And he said he felt I mean, him leave. I, I, I Rick, yeah. I, I can't. This, this is childhood until, you know, this past August of nothing but sheer pain and, and misery. Is, is that? And, it, and, and lying, because you have to lie to everybody in your life if you want to keep this kind of thing hidden. Uh, I have to say I have a remarkable group of friends and family that have shown nothing but love since I came out to everybody last year. And they finally decided, you know, I'm going to do it, but I can't do it at work, of course. So, Rick, but, so Rick, do, do you feel like that that's that's the crux for you? That's the crossing point because God didn't relieve these feelings? Then he ne- he never did anything. And I got, like I said, I got to that point where this this was it. It was either because. My plan was to even totally leave the world, right? Which I've 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 decided against that because. But but you've tried. Decided my 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 kid oh several times, but I've decided my kids are still going to need me no matter what, and it'd be pretty selfish for me to leave them behind with unanswered questions. Right. And 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 I do want to put some. So when I go ahead, when I felt that energy, I mean I felt it lick what was left of him leave my chest i felt it get pulled out and i i felt who i'm trying not to cry i felt that pain and i've never felt nothing like that in my life combined all my pain in my life didn't feel hollow like mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. and you got to remember too i'm i'm clinically depressed well was at least on top of all that in a couple of days I didn't hear voices in my head, nothing like that. This is all, I'm pretty intellectual. I'm, I'm fairly educated. And I thought, you know what? I have never prayed to Satan. I'm going to try one time and see what happens. And I didn't know how or nothing like that. I just did the best that I could. And I promise you, as sure as I'm sitting here having this conversation with you, immediately my depression left my body, and I have not been happier inside since that day in my entire life. Hmm. And I I don't know how to explain that. Well, yeah. I mean— The only thing that pops in my head is that your depression was serving a a purpose for God— and then, you know, the enemy offers you that escape um, for whatever reason. Being a Christian is not easy. Like, that's what I was telling no, them. No, like, like a, a thing in Christianity is that, like, when you come to Christianity, you get true peace, right? And then, but yeah. you notice a common denominator with unbelievers is that they feel at peace and happy and stuff like that. But being a Christian is freaking hard. It, it is hard, but it but, is. But, it, it's very difficult. On a, a particularly with something that Rick is suffering with. And Rick, you know, when you talk about that, that complete spiritual desert, I, I remember when I started working the program and I got of recovery and I got a year and a half of sobriety uh, and then I relapsed. 
And, Congratulations on that. Oh, well, thanks. I've got like 13 years now, but, but. Oh, no, well, there you go. Yeah. Well, the, you know, the year and a half, um, you know, I, I, I relapsed when I relapsed, I felt the complete removal of my connection with God, complete severing. It's what it felt like, just right. like the severing of a tie, something that I had, I'd grasped, I felt was real. Um, and it would completely went away. And there's no, there's no place of loneliness and futility and fear that, that feels horrible. Yeah. And, right. uh, you know, um, so I relate, I relate to the, the feelings that you're sharing. Uh, I you mean, know, you I hear a lot of people and have heard a lot of people, it, uh, claim that kind of peace in the name of Jesus when they found salvation and mm-hmm. them and Jesus met them. in the middle. It, 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 yeah. I mean, everybody's, everybody, I have searched for that with him, through him since I was a child. I mean, I've, I've been in un, non-denominational churches, Baptist, Pentecostal. Oh Lord, Pentecostal, you won't go to sleep in one of them. I promise you. <laughs> yeah, I go to one. <laughs> yeah, we go to one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah my, my mom switches all over to Pentecostal, and I thought, well, where are these people? These okay. everybody's on drugs. <laughs> I want to ask you, Rick. I want to ask you a hard question here. Um, okay. It, it sounds to me like the thing that you've felt since you were four is what the problem. And I'm not saying you have a problem, but I'm talking about right, right. it. It's that's it's, the thing that's dividing you from God because you want to be a cross dress or you want to be trans. You, you, that's what you're going to be, right? That's who you believe you are. That's who you're going to be. You I, but you feel like you have to give that away. You have to choose between that and God, but he can't. That was the thing. He kept saying, I've yeah. prayed to God, take this from me. I can't take these feelings yeah. anymore. I don't want them. And that's, and it makes me want to cry, Rick. That's what. Well, the, you know, it also leads to, oh, how am I going to word this for the air? <laughs> um, self-gratification. Sure. Uh, um, that's the best way I can come up with saying that. I think any adult will understand what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And that leads to. More guilt. Clouded, cl- yeah, clouded thoughts and stuff, which lead to more guilt and more sin. And there's just no way out of the sin pocket. Yeah. In, in, in most everyday life. But when you add something like this to it. Right. Then it's just a dark, a dark looming cloud. And, you know, say you go to church on Sunday, you feel wonderful. It was a great service and everything. You're sitting there watching TV. And then Sunday afternoon, all of a sudden, those feelings hit you. You get up and get dressed and you just blew the whole sermon right out of the water. Right. It did no good. Right, and then and then you're in a cycle of shame, remorse, yes. and then also anger. Why why should I feel ashamed for feeling the way that you obviously have made me? It's kind of like your pork story, where you're talking about when Mark was younger. He tells a story a lot about how when he tried pork. Uh, Mark used to be a Seventh Day Adventist, and they believe if you eat pork, you're going to hell. Let me preface with that. Well, okay, Let, let's maybe that's kind of the way I was raised. It's unclean meat, and it's a yeah. sin. Well, Mark finally his, his dad, Mark's dad, didn't believe that, and so one day Mark and his dad were hanging out, and Mark's dad gave him pork, and Mark ate it, and it was the best thing he'd ever tasted in his life, and and he said, <laughs> "Why in the hell would God make something this good right. if it was bad?" 
Does that make sense? And so Mark had issues with that religion from then on out because of that. It's kind of like this whole situation, you know, but I think one of the enemy's biggest tactics is, is getting us to focus on our sin so heavy that we peel our eyes off of Jesus. Jesus. Because Jesus literally came down. Jesus dying on the cross was literally, we all die. Jesus did what we're all going to do. But Jesus became sin for us, which was the single most hard and difficult situation that anybody's ever felt. Whenever Jesus said, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? It's because he became sin. He literally experienced, Jesus had never experienced one sin in his life. And in one moment, he experienced every single person's sin that will ever live, past, present, and future in one moment. And that's the worst feeling anybody's ever felt or ever will feel. And as believers, we think, oh, Jesus just died for my sins. He died before I was born for my sins. Not only the sins that I have committed up to this point, but for every sin that I will commit until I die. And that's why the enemy wants you to focus on you being trans rather than you focusing on what I just said about Jesus. Jesus. And and where, why, why would you get such, I'm sorry, Rick, I'm sorry, keep interrupting, but why would you get such relief when finally you prayed to, to the other side? Well, because I, he, I he, be, in my opinion, I'm just saying because he won. You don't need to be tortured with that anymore because he doesn't have to point. Well, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't put it in me. He did. He didn't, he, you know, I, I wasn't right. But he, but, but, but the devil is constantly, the Bible says he's constantly accusing us. Not only is he accusing us before God, he's accusing us in our own minds constantly, repetitively. Right. He never stops. That's why the Bible instructs you, says so many times, like your sin is as far from God as the East is from the West, meaning that you are now righteous under the blood of Jesus Christ, meaning that sin doesn't exist anymore because what Jesus said when he was crucified on the cross was, tell, I can't remember the exact words, but paid in full. Not, yeah, okay, I'm dying for this sin, but if you commit it five more times, you know, that's it. You know, this thing only, it's got a expiration date. No, paid in full. My, my, my pain and concern of my sins per se were because of coming up short mm-hmm. in God's eyes. If, if, I mean, I wasn't, I see what you're saying, but that's not how I have ever felt it coming from, from, Lucifer himself. It was it was from my understanding of the Bible, what you're getting from the elders and, and everything else. Amen, brother. And, and, and that's the biggest and, trick. And you guys know the tor- the tortures that the church can put on you are mm-hmm. just absolutely horrible. And not all churches. I can't I'm not gonna say that fairly. Not all churches, not all pastors. But hey. if you you see a lot of it today that they condemn you to hell straight off the bat. Oh, Rick, Rick, you know, I remember being uh, 10 years, 11 years old and taking a bath, and I came out, my mother was like, uh, you know, have you been doing what boys do in the bathroom? It basically accused me of what you talked about earlier and told me that right. if I didn't stop, she's going to call, call the elders of the church. 
For taking a bath? Uh, for doing what boys did in a bathtub. Oh. Oh, sorry. Right. Okay. What, did you zone out? He's going to call. I the, take a bath every day, and I don't do that. The elders of the church. <laughs> okay, doing what Mark did in the bathtub. Yeah, I was going to say, weirdo. I, obviously, I have problems. Yeah, right. I can get right with God. <laughs> Let's call the elders of the church. <laughs> pray over me. It's, it, it's, it's mine. Right. <laughs> I think this church would be, if, if Rick came here today, or if Rick came to this church dressed as a woman, I think everybody would... They would not even bat an eye at it here. That's what's that's what's great about this church is Pastor Gary, one of our pastors here, um, he mentioned that he in his old church in um, Chickasha, Oklahoma, where he was preaching, um, he told us a story when he was on here about how he was preaching one day and a couple strippers walked in, and um, they were still in their stripper clothes from the night before. And he instructed everybody in his little corner to not say anything to them. He said that um, our job is to bring them to God. And then once they get a relationship with God, then the the idea is the Holy Spirit will tell them to start dressing more appropriately. Or give them the power to start dressing. Or give them the power to overcome that in, you know, in that time. But it was under his impression that, it's not our job to tell people how they should dress or anything like that. Right, which is a major shift from the church that Larry and me and Rick went to. Um, you know, Rick, I think that's why, you know, my mom used to say that Satan infiltrates churches too. And, you know, a lot yeah. of this religious stuff that we're brought up under where stigma. One, yeah, where one group um, says, well, you don't sin the way I sin, so therefore I'm better than you, and you have to come in alignment with me, and we're going to yeah. make you feel like dog dirt. We're going to put things in your mind that can't ever be removed, and you're going to go, well, I went on these cycles of self-punishment, loathing, and then anger at the church. And yeah. Sorry. And it's just amazing what... I, it just popped and, in my and, head and that I asked you if you were too. trans, and then you talked about the moo moo, and I laughed again. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was, I thought back to the moo moo. I don't know. Um, hold on. Before we go, we're at we're at one hour forty minutes, and before we get too deep into this, I want to go ahead and do the rounds um, that I was talking about earlier, okay. because those take right. some time, and I don't and I don't want to keep you until midnight or whatever. So um, we're going to go ahead and go around the room, and everybody say their uh, final thing, and then you'll you'll get the final say at the end here. So we're let's go to Mark first. Hey, Rick. Uh, thanks for being on, hey, man. Bye. I just want to say... Yes, sir. It's been a privilege. Yeah, man. I just want to say that branch breaking out in the woods, that was God. There's, yep. a, there's an angel sitting on that branch. And the other times you tried to kill your kill yourself, man, and end it, you're suffering. Um, I, I, I can't think that, that that wasn't anything but God. And that, you know, I, I identify with so much of what you said. The devil sounds like me. That's my experience. He sounds like my voice, his thoughts in my head. And, and he's, he's tortured me with some things and I totally get where you're coming from. And a lot of that, I, I had to do some deconstruction. You know, we like that word now deconstruct. I'm going to deconstruct this. I'm going to decon, but I had to deconstruct my relationship, um, with the way I was with God way I was raised because the way I was raised 
it, it wasn't right. Something had come into the church. We'd lost our focus on Jesus, and we had started paying attention to all the rules and regulations and the what fors and the wheres and this is an abomination and that's an abomination and you're dirty and you're never going to be right unless you do blah, blah, blah. It, we lost our focus on Jesus. And you know, and they use part of the Old Testament to condemn you, and of but they're not living the, the Old Testament entirely themselves. Of course. Either a new covenant was made or it wasn't. Exactly. But yet, even the people that talked about the new covenant haven't quite gotten it right. Paid in full, man. We're set free. Yeah. We're, we're supposed to be free from those things instead of tortured and haunted by them. And, you know, I, I, and just, I don't think it's Jesus that wants you to be haunted. by. No, it. of course not. I believe it's a devil that wants you haunted and tortured by it because he gets your game piece off the board and you're either going to go over to his side and just say, I can't do it anymore, which my goodness, the fight's horrible until we just concede. If, if we can just, I'm going to be praying for you, man, just that the Holy spirit, just, just keep talking to you because you know, man, I feel like I could hang out with you and, and uh, sip some iced tea on the front porch. You know what I'm saying? It's been absolutely. I'm I'm not I'm not offended by anybody praying for me. That's that's I'm I'm a older again. I'm I'm with at least one of you. We're Generation X. Yep. Respectful. Yep. Yep. There you go. Hey, until you until you cross the line of disrespect, and then I'm going to let you know about it. There you go. <laughs> All right, Larry. I have. So much to say, but Roman eight twenty eight, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love and are called according to his purposes. I, I see this in, in probably a different way. First off, I'm not a Gen X. <laughs> Y'all guys claiming everybody. I don't get that. <laughs> Millennials FTW. Hey, yeah. I'm a, no, I'm a boomer. But, uh, yeah, I was the old man. Anyway, listen, I'm with Mark on the reason of your failed attempts was because you have purpose. God just told you that you have purpose. In John 3, 16, it says God so loved the world. He did. It does not say in there God so loved the world except for Rick. Right. All right. Yeah, I'm not excluding myself solely. Okay. That means that there is no one that can't be called to him right now there are muslims out there they're the furthest away from god and yet there's muslims that are hearing from jesus and turning to him they didn't live for him at all they didn't have any confusion they didn't have any issues other than hatred for god because that's what they were taught jesus died and gave his life his life's blood for your sins my sins zach's sin, everybody's sins I honestly feel the deception that you're living in now is going to be difficult for you to overcome. But I'm going to tell you, I, I, as a Pentecostal guy, talking to another Pentecostal guy, okay, you got this? Straight up. Right. Why do you want to serve a creation when you can serve a creator. I don't want to work for the lieutenant if I can have a friendship with the general. Do you dig I what understand. I'm saying? I dig it. 
even though what see my ways aren't his ways his ways aren't mine i go through things i've gone through a lot in my life um i don't blame him for what i've gone through i do think that there are certain reasons that god has how am i going to say this without sounding like an idiot uh just spit it out. I, well, I'm trying to figure out how. Dad, damn it. Larry ran out of words for a minute. Hold on. That's that's no. not normal. Yeah, I know. That's not normal. Listen, I think that there are things that we contribute God allowing as in cancer. And somebody's going to blatantly pull this out of me, but but they, they're going to get it how I think. I think cancer is a main, main or med, a man made issue it is because the chemicals that that. we have chemicals and stuff that we have brought upon ourselves and we stand in our own self-righteousness blaming a god that didn't create it right i would agree with that 100 percent. and i don't understand that rick i I don't think god had anything to do with making cancer rick Get angry at Satan for allowing it to to dis- disrupt your whole life. I mean, tru- truthfully, everything that comes from Satan is a lie. It, there's no truth in what he has. None. You've read the Bible? Then you know how this story ends. Why are you even playing in the fantasy world? The fantasy world is where Satan is the ruler of this world, and that's not true. This is God's world. He created it. It's for a purpose. We have to tough it out and make it through things. We're tempted beyond our capability at times, and that's how it's designed to be so that we do cry out to God. I've had to cry out to God on several different things. I've I've cried and I've prayed, and my answers haven't been received either. But guess what? That doesn't mean I quit serving God. That means that I buckle in and serve more. If Job could do it, then anyone should have the strength to do it the same way. He, that's why the example of Job is in there. That was a great point that you made, Zach. I firmly believe the farther down that trail of, of deception that you go, the harder it's going to be for you to turn back. I, I'm not trying. Yes, I am. Look. I just, I, I want to call to your senses, you know, the, the other stuff I cry, I've got daughters. I cry. Anybody with daughters better learn how to cry. Cause they're going to, I've got three of them and a son. So. <laughs> I, I didn't have a son. Uh, God, God knew better. I would have been too rough and too tough on them. And I think that's what we did. Um, our generation of boomers that created the generation of the gen X in most cases, have um, have we we went through more than y'all guys did. Now I wasn't yeah. around for World War One or World War Two. I wasn't around. I wasn't old enough to be in Vietnam. I wasn't. Of course, I wasn't there for Korea. Our wars were different, and we we came together as a country. But at the same time, we were expected to be tougher than the, than anybody else. 
And that right. gave us this wrong machoistic attitude that a person in a male body cannot be sensitive at all. I was raised with a total of 11 ants. I, I didn't really know how guys handled things. You had a, you had a bunch of moos to I choose from. A lot of, you know, my, I was a baby doll that, you know, all my aunts would, you know, do the hair. I've, I've had, what, I've what got daughters. You get a moo. What was your, he asked, what was your favorite color? No, winter, winter color. Yeah. Burgundy. I mean, to be honest, I, and then I had daughters, so I've had my fingernails painted. I've had my toenails, toenails painted. I've had oh, more yeah. makeup on my face than Darcy has ever worn in her life because, of course, she doesn't wear makeup. But, I mean, that didn't change the fact that I'm a male. I don't right. have desires right. to be with a male. You, you and, weren't born with any of those, so it, you know, you're, you're void of it. Yeah, but I mean, I had the sensitive soft side taught to me. I mean, you know, my aunts would hold me while I while I hugged on them and stuff. But I just want to, yeah. I just want to say, listen, I understand. But it's not going to be about religion, my friend. It's going to be about a relationship. All right, religion will lead you further astray when a relationship with Christ will answer those questions for you. Absolutely, and I've tried to attain that. I really, honestly have. Okay, my I, my I, turn. I, sorry, I'm not a fan of religion myself. Sorry. No. All right, Larry's done. My turn. I'll keep mine quick. Um, I usually talk during the show and try to keep the ending serve. I just want to give you some things to think about because um, I, I'm under the belief that atheist, agnostic, Satanist, witches, everybody that we every day that we wake up, we choose who we're going to serve. Um, we either choose that we're going to serve Satan. Or we choose um, God, um, and I be I believe, and I know I Coco and all you guys are going to be mad at me for saying this. I believe that people that don't that you have to make a choice every day. That by not choosing, you're choosing to serve the enemy. But let's conscious not choice. Even 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 as an atheist, if you don't believe in the existence of God or or Satan, either one, you're still choosing. Right. But I believe that you are you are more conscious Amen. about the decision, and I want to give you some things to think about when you're making this choice, and I just want to give you a few things for you to think about, whether you agree with me or not. I just want you to think about these things. I believe okay. when you lost your mom, when you lost your dad, when you're dealing with these trans situations, when you lost your wife, I believe Satan initiated that contact with God. He was the one that was asking God to allow these things to happen. So whether you want to put the blame on God or not, Satan was the one who wanted this stuff to happen. God wants to use all things for good. Satan wants to watch you die. He wants you dead. He wants you to be destroyed. God wants all things to work together for his purpose and his kingdom. And he wants that to happen with everything that you're going through right now. And he wants you to live for eternity with him afterwards. That's what God wants. God wants to live with you for eternity. He wants to deliver you from all these things. Now, personally, I would like to see you focus on a relationship with Jesus Christ and stop letting Satan talk to you about the whole trans thing, about the whole marriage thing, about all that stuff. I think you should continue to be you in any situation and 
focus on strengthening your relationship with Jesus Christ and then push all that other crap out of there, man. Don't worry about that. I'm not telling you to stop doing all that stuff. Just focus on Jesus for a while, man, and be at peace with it. Focus on Jesus in peace without all that other crap clouding up your mind for once. You know what I mean? So you know what? I'm going to give Jesus a try. I'm going to give Jesus a try, a real peaceful try, and stop letting all that other stuff cloud up that mind about like, well, what if he doesn't like this? What if he doesn't like that? All that stuff was poured on the cross on him already. When you go to God and you say, man, I'm really sorry for doing this. He's probably like, what was he talking about? Says as far as the East is from the West, he doesn't remember your sins anymore. I believe that's literal. I don't believe that. It's just, he's like, well, I kind of remember that, but I forgot about it. No, I believe he literally forgot about it. I believe when you go and you. Oh, no, re- it's you again. <laughs> right. And he's like, what, what's this guy? So- didn't. Oh, it's probably a sin. Probably a sin I already forgave him for. But anyway. Um. Oh, it's you again. It's one of my sanctified. It's just one of my sanctified ones. One I had my, to laugh too because I know that feeling. One of my I righteous. also want to say this, and I normally say stuff like this off the air, but I want to say, um, I want to say it on the phone with you because I'm going to tell these guys when I get off of here. Anyway, there have I have done three interviews. This is um, this is episode. I've done 54 interviews now. This is the 54th episode. Yes, we've done 53 episodes. We did one episode where we didn't have. Okay, three of those episodes, I felt the spirit of Satan speaking to me during those shows. Um, mm-hmm. They were battling for those people during the interviews to the point where it was telling me to w- get up and walk out of the room. It was one of the most darkest and nastiest feeling I'd ever felt in my entire life. And... Right. What I felt that thing telling me was it hated me and it hated the person it was trying to defend. In all three cases. Um, for whatever reason it is, I don't feel that with you. Um, right. It's not, he's not here defending you right now for whatever reason that is. I'm not getting that feeling with you, but there's three other episodes I had that I, I did feel it. And it was strong. It was one of the most eerie and weird feelings I'd ever felt in my life. And I'm telling you, um, whatever that thing was, wasn't interested in my well-being, and it dang sure wasn't interested in the well-being of the person it was defending. It wanted me the hell away from them. So I didn't convince What you them. had there were, were, were demons. That's a whole different level. Uh, demons don't play fair. They don't play fair. They're they're nasty. One of them, one of them was um, describing the um, tenets of Satanism to me, and gave me one word of the tenets of Satanism. And the next day, um, he was given a sign with a guy on a shirt with one of the tenets after our interview. Um, so there is a war for your soul going on right now. There is a war for your yeah. soul going on right now, and I would be probably a little prepared for it to ramp up a little bit. Yeah, because. After because we spoke God into you, Satan is going to come at you. And it's I'm usually a little more emotionally exhausted after these two. I usually get up and I don't say much to anybody. Um, once we get home and stuff, I'm usually pretty exhausted after things like this. But, um, yeah, I would expect, um, I want you to see how real the spiritual world is after you get off here and you see your world um, react a little differently after you get off the phone. 
and I want you to see that. I may the, have to call you back and go, I need some help. Yeah. You know what? Hey, on your seven, on your seven day off, come down here and come to church with us. If you come down here, it's Discovery yeah. Church in Yukon, Oklahoma, off Route 66. And if you walk into church here, um, I'll go up and give you the biggest hug you've ever had. Larry will too. I even, I don't even, I, li- I don't even like hugs. I, ha- I happen to know where that's at. I've passed it while I've worked several times. You come in here, man, and I promise you, you'll be welcome here. Um, and I'll sit by you. And and I'll just be and it'll make me the happiest I know to make Larry and Mark happy too if you came. Um, and Very much. Nice. If I ever get a chance to, I'll let you guys know in advance. I sure will. Please do or don't. Good. Just show no, up. <laughs> well, that it would be better for me right now because I'm on Team El Reno and I want to make sure I'm here. Well, if I see a guy show up in girls' club, I'd be like, "That's got to be Rick." <laughs> or I'll be embarrassed. I'll go up, Rick, and I'll be like, "No, it's not Rick." I'm going to sit. I'm going to sit by the guy in the moo moo anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nine out of ten chances, it's Larry. I don't have a floor furnace anymore. There's only two people that wears moo moo here. Hey. <laughs> anyway, hey. <laughs> anyway um, that was what I had to say. And, um, bro, this has been one of the most um, spiritually uplifting, um, believe it or not. Um, I have, I have a, I'm leaving here with hope today um, mm-hmm. with you. That's good. And there's a lot of hope times that. Thing. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of times we leave here and we don't have that. So um, thank you for that. And the 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 floor is yours, man. Say what you want to say. I I really appreciate all you guys. I've never had an opportunity like this, and I appreciate it. And any time that you guys want to have me back, that we can work the time schedule out, I would be more than happy to do so. Um, I understood everything that each of you said, and I. And with all my heart, I appreciate it. Um, I don't want people to be under the assumption that because somebody is either atheist or a Satanist, Luciferian, how, whatever tag you want to put on it, that that makes them a bad person. I am still extremely patriotic, uh, protective for for children, my country, and everything else, none of that changes. Uh, We are not what you see in the media, not what a lot of people are taught at church, not what you see in Hollywood. We're very respectful, quiet folks, and stay to ourselves for the most part because it's just not widely accepted. So we're to try to stay in the shadow, if you will. Um, I really, and someday something may change where God does pull me back for some reason or another. Maybe I have to go through this for him. I don't know. That's a question that one of the many that I don't have an answer to, but I can reiterate and say that this is the most peace I have felt my entire life. I'm no longer on any medications for depression, anything like that. And this, uh, you know, I told my family about the, the trans stuff, but I haven't told them about the religion stuff. That might go a little differently. I, I, I sometimes recommend again. people not I just kind of work that out. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, of, oh, there was something we were going to cover. Do we have time for a few more minutes? Yeah. Uh, I, I wrote you and told you that my son, who just turned uh, – Excuse me. Uh, 19, 18. Uh, 
he had been putting things together and then he asked me if I was a Christian anymore. And nobody prepared me for, for that question from a loved one. And I said, no. And to anybody that's doing this, you're, if you switch sides, you're going to have to be prepared for a look of disappointment and hurt that will, uh, stab you in the soul with the sharpest knife you've ever felt. It hurts to see that look on their faces. Even if you think it's right for you and everything, it's still going to hurt them. So you have to be as prepared for it as you can be. I understand and can empathize, but mine is slightly different. Because I've chosen God. Yeah, yeah. I've lost a relationship with my youngest. Because I couldn't condone her lifestyle. And I didn't I didn't speak out against it. I just that's not how I am. Right. And I treated everything with love and tried to accept as much as possible, yet I'm still sitting here three years into not having a relationship with her because I believe in God and because I've gotten louder about my love and trust of God. But what I can do is I can give that over to God and not carry the weight of it. My cousin was the same. His his daughter married a, a fellow from Greece who is Muslim and or she became Muslim, and when they got married, he could not. He told her, he said, I, I, I can't condone that wedding. I, I can't be a part of it because he's a Christian. Mm-hmm. And uh, it cost him, they, they talked sporadically throughout the year, but not like they used to, by no means. But, I mean, it's choices that everybody has to make. I'm sorry you're going through that, man. I'm sorry. I know. I know life's hard right now. I it's know. Rough. Yeah. It, well, I've been through more than we have even covered. But and it may it one of two things happens: you either get stronger by it, or you you end up dying from it. And you don't you don't stand and scream at people in public and jump up and down and holler and all this crap that everybody's doing today. You're responsible for your own feelings and how you communicate them. Amen. I'm not, I'm not responsible for yours. You're not responsible for mine. If you say something that offends me and I jump up and down, scream and tell everybody back up six feet or whatever, that's not your responsibility to make my feelings any better. But there is a way to respectfully convey to each other what's on your hearts. And I've had people that, you know, wanted to pray with me and stuff like that. I don't do it because I just, I don't want to be, you know, and I don't know. It just feels weird to me now. Yeah. But, but, but I, but I'm still respectful toward those folks. And here's something I, I show that I would like you guys to do and let me know when you can do it because I've been trying to research it. But from the from the verse in the Bible that says uh, the only unforgivable sin is blasphemy. Mm. Now, I know we don't have time today, but I'd like you guys to try to do a show on that that explains how 
one actually commits that because I can't find nothing direct. There's all kinds of stuff about it, but nothing actually is concrete. Why you want to do it? No, I want to. I, I I'm just curious on what it is. I'm not gonna. Never been I'm not gonna to tell it. you if you if you're just gonna do it on purpose. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna do it on purpose. Okay. I don't know that I have. To, I don't know that I have done it. How about this? Is the main reason, Larry? Um, if you'll remind me next week, um, we'll we will talk about that in the intro of next week's show. How about that? Can you do that? Yeah. Okay, we'll talk about it in the intro of next week's show. And I, I think a lot of people have that question. Wow, have I? Maybe I'm not close to God because I have already committed that sin. Yeah. And this is why, you know, and that, that's part of my cure. It's it's a curiosity because I don't know that I have done it, and maybe that's part of the deal. I don't know. Yeah. No. You you think God left you? Maybe that feeling you felt was because you felt that God leave you. I m- most pastors would ask you if you're if you're asking that question, then you then you haven't committed it because you still have a heart for God. Like just, you're still open-minded about God. So, um, yeah, I don't, I've talked to harder people than him. He has, yeah, trust me, man, not shut that door completely. You could go, um, listen to the 54 episodes we've shot on here. And there's, there's some people that are completely out. Um, and you're not, you're not one of them. I felt some evil spirits attached to, um, to uh, other people as well. Um, and I, I want to say on the spirit of offense, Rick, it is my mm-hmm. choice whether you intend to offend me or not. It is still right. my choice to take offense. If right. I choose to take offense, then I'm not living in love. Love covers a multitude of sin and it covers many offenses. Okay. Yeah. All right. We're at two Oh seven. Let's go ahead and cut this off. Um, Rick, dude, this is one of my favorites, man. I really appreciate you coming on. Um, and I, I hope to hear from you. Um, text me, text me on the app or do any time, man. Seriously, just get, get hold of us and we'll, we'll talk about anything, man. I'm, I'm open all the time. I, I talk to a lot of our guests that we've had on here. I've, I've talked to them, um, consistently. So, um, I'd like to maintain a relationship with you, brother. Did we reach out to him through my number? Um, no, uh, on Discord. Okay, I'm going to have Zach send you my phone number. Okay, I'll send you Larry's phone number. Okay. All right, brother. Now, text me the first time so I got the phone number right. Hey, I love you, and okay. I mean I mean that. Yeah. I'm sure you do. I'm sure you. Know, I'm sure all of you do. Hey, your, your wife talks too much. I, you know, I heard from her one time. I know. <laughs> Sorry. I know. She kind of hangs yeah, out in the background. Yeah, you know. <laughs> hey, the minute the minute the cameras are off, blah 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 blah. I know, blah, dude. Blah. I mean, there are some things. There are some things that I heard, like on I seen a statement. But when you're talking about blasphemy, everyone blasphemies. Like I, I seen a statement that like really hit home is because you think about it. God doesn't want us to uh, gossip, but everybody gossips no matter what. You try not to do it, but it's just it's just free will and it's human nature that we gossip. So there's all kinds of things that right. you can do, like, but it's just putting it in God's perspective. Oh, there's yeah, there's many things people say. Oh, that's blasphemy. Well, are you sure? Yeah. So, but I, I did really anyway, appreciate anyway. you. Hey, just like man, you know, just like when we first started, you started off calling yourself trans, and I immediately knew that wasn't what you meant. 
Yeah. Not in today's right, right, definition right. of it. Yeah. Not, yeah, I, not in today's definition. I'm not a fruit, fruit crazy like that. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, on the blasphemy, what is the true definition of blasphemy is what we need to address. Yeah. Well, and it's it's yeah. specifically blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. It's very specific. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, we will talk about it on the opening and next show for sure for yeah. you. So I want to talk with Gary I've about it people, as well. I've, I've had people ask me that about that years ago and recently because of where I'm my position now. And I'm like, I honestly don't know. I can't find the true answer. When I find out, I'll let you all know. <laughs> no, the it, you're not. You're, you are not too far gone to come back. I can tell you that um, there 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 have been people that I've spoke to that um, that. Well, you know. I could tell there's people that I've spoke to on here that I could tell that they were out though, that they weren't willing, not that God wasn't willing to receive them, but, but that they were gone. Yeah. And like, right. like we had like, you know, that they were completely out. They had made their choice permanently. And then that, and it was over, you know what I mean? But I've right. never felt that God was done with anybody, anybody we've interviewed anybody. I do know that one thing, I'm sorry, I know that we're cutting this short, but I did have, like, now that we're sitting here thinking about it, what does your kids think about um, you be, you coming out to them? They were hurt at first. Okay. But have been, they haven't seen me that way, and I don't, you know, they, they don't want to, and that's fine. Okay. Right on. Uh, but. But they know they, they they were hurt first, and and I went through a period where I did take uh, estrogen and testosterone stuff blocker and all that crap, and I it felt really good, and my I was more mentally sharp and everything else. But then you know I started looking at the way the world was unfolding. I'm like, this may not be the right time to do this, so I quit voluntarily. And right on. Well, you got to watch that stuff. I'm sorry. You got to watch that stuff, ma'am. I ran out of the, you know, my multivitamin. I take a bunch of vitamins, but I ran out of my multivitamin and my wife slipped me some of her multivitamins. Man, within two weeks, I was sitting down to pee. Were you lactating? <laughs> was you leaking through your mumu? That was that milk that he brought in the other day, Zach. Look, at you drank some of it, didn't you? Dude. <laughs> That's crazy, dude. But, but ultimately, ultimately, I woke up with curlers in my hair the other day, dude. <laughs> I woke up with curlers in my hair. I wonder what happened. <laughs> yeah. Thank you all so much for this opportunity. It was, it was wonderful. And I'll be happy to, to be on any time with y'all. Good all man, right. Okay, brother. All, all right, right. Enjoy Take talking care, with you, Rick. Have a good one. All right, bye. You too. <laughs> it was crazy. I like Rick, man. Rick was cool. That uh, you, was fun. You could be open and, and he wasn't overly sensitive about no. things. I mean, you could literally talk to the guy without him being offended at every word. Yeah. You know, that was coming out of Well, you mouth. connected pretty well with him once you told him you wear moo-moo, so. <laughs> what is that by the way? What I is don't a moo? I wear a moo-moo. I I wore that to stay warm in the winter. It is. It's it's a night day gown. That's yeah. it's kind of it's it's you can it's go what older women wear in the house, dude. It's basically just giving up. You don't have to change. Oh my god, stop it, dude. Yeah, you, you don't you don't stop it. Larry wore one of these, dude. I know. <laughs> Let me see. My mom made her own. Hey, my mom made her own. Let me see it. Yeah, pretty much. My mom, my mom made her own. Hey, switch to my camera. This is what Larry wore right here. That, that is down, not down, the same it, thing. It's down. a representative of. There you go. 
Oh, Larry. Can you picture like Larry in a movie like this? Yeah. Hey, you if you can't keep warm, you got to keep warm, man. I oh got to be God. open about, you know, I'm trying my best to be open about things that I went through. I love this show, dude. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> you got to understand my mom, my mom, seriously, she was five foot 10 and she was a pretty good sized woman. All right. I was at that time, like was maybe about her height or a little bit taller than her, but I was just bigger out. So when you stood over that, that floor furnace, that thing would go, whoo. <laughs> Yeah, like this, and I look like a, a, a Christmas tree of sorts. Right, yeah, I can you picture know? Larry twirling around and singing, uh, no, "Just a spoonful no, of vinegar makes no, the medicine no. go down." First medicine. Off, go down. First off, I can tell you, you weren't raised with a floor furnace. You don't stand with your feet on the floor furnace. You stand with your feet across. No, you're the floor you're furnace. skipping around and singing, "Just a spoonful no. of sugar makes the medicine go down." You only slipped it on in the most delightful way. It would warm you up, and I had a habit of sitting on the edge of the floor furnace or if i was at my my grandma's uh one grandma had a wood burning stove so i always always up a, you know as close to that I, as i could to get the heat and then the other grandma had the uh the the gas stove with the little bricks in them and i would every time i was over there i was always up against it i i yeah. loved the warmth so the warmth there and then it would all come out of the neck yeah. of the moo. So yep. it'd be like, whoa, now. Frickin' moo-moos, dude. Man, I, I don't do the heat like that. Like, Can I have a moo-moo for good. Christmas? Okay. My mom made All right, it. I want to practice something before we leave here with Mark really quick, okay? Practice. We're going to practice gratitude real quick. And this, seriously, how cool is it that a guy that literally is a man's man from right. Oklahoma, literally in the oil field, actually taking a risk telling us people that he doesn't know that we we've built a reputation that people trust us to tell us stuff like that. Right. I'm so grateful for that. Like, and I mean that I'm saying that and I'm, I'm not saying that, Hey, Mark practices, but I'm saying like sharing my mentality of how I love this. Larry's up with the moon. It's all like, I'm so grateful to be able to do this because we get to come in here. We get a laugh. I almost cried like probably at least 35 times during mm -hmm. that show. Mm -hmm. Um, one of them was laughing at that mental picture. Yeah. <laughs> I swear to God, I can't get it out of my... I picture your moo-moo with the little frillies on the neck. No, no frillies. And then it's being <laughs> no. yellow. Oh, my God. No, and my it's mom, way too short because you're hey, tall. My mom would not even wear a necklace. see a little a butt necklace. cheek in the back of it? <laughs> she hated anything on her neck. She wouldn't yeah. wear a necklace or anything. So it, it was a wide shoulder. Do you still have neck. a moo-moo? No. I don't have a floor don't furnace. What's me. the point? <laughs> okay. I don't have a floor furnace. What's the point? I just think the floor furnace was a, was a cover look, up for look, the moo moo. Moo moos go with floor furnaces like Oreos do with milk. Yeah, you, there you go. One or the other. Yeah. You got to have. And okay. if you're standing over the furnace with the moo moo on, drinking, milk. dipping your Oreos in the milk. Oh, then ah. it's perfect. Yeah. But I just perfect. think it's really, go. really cool that he I used that he, milk. he told us that. And I think it's I really cool that um, he chose us to pour his guts out to like that. And I'm just like. I don't know how we got so lucky to be in this position to where people come and tell us their life story like that because it's very interesting. And we're not just helping them. That stuff helps us too because like we can all relate to those types of struggles to where we've been through stuff like that to where we come to like a crossroads to where we had to, we've all had to make the same choice, man. 
All of us. God is either everything or he's nothing. We've had choice to be. And I don't believe, I don't believe God's even close to done with Rick yet. And there's, there's been people before that, that I felt that create. And I've told you guys about all of them at the end of them. And no, I'm not going to tell you in the comments who it was. Um, I, I don't think Rick has experienced the tender side of God. No. no, I haven't either. That's what I said last week. Remember, like I need to work on um, loving God more. That way I can grow, draw close to him. And I think there's a lot of people that need, uh, I'm not alone in that because like Rick's, what? Rick's all, God hates me because I'm trans and God's taken all this stuff away and he hates me, hates me, hates me, but he hasn't focused on the love of Christ. Hmm. Yeah. I don't believe he's experienced that at all. Right. You know, and it's not, I don't know if it's his fault. I just think he's been lied to, and I think he needs to um, maybe change his focus a little bit, and maybe he'll get to see the love of Christ. I don't know. I don't know. I have a positive feeling toward that. Yeah. Yeah. But unfortunately, we don't we don't get to be I a part of that think decision. That it, I do think. Did he say he had a beard? No, he said he likes the clean shape. Okay. Oh, yeah. Because I was mentally picturing sitting next to him in a in a blue dress with a full beard i don't know <laughs> would just, you be able, just messing with you how Rick. would you handle that if you walked in a full girl clothing here how would you handle that would you be okay with it how did i handle jess yeah it how, wouldn't be, how, how did i handle zach i'm more speaking internally dude you'd be all right you'd be dude, listen to me i've been through it all I would not be able to stand up nothing, if he walked in with a moo. Nothing is going to surprise. Yes, if he walked in with a moo, I am going to laugh as I hug him. Yeah, because I would figure that that was a complete tribute to me. Yeah, and that he felt comfortable enough. Coordinate with that, me, Rick. I'll wear one with do you. Do that. If he, you know, if he wants to, he can call me and tell me what color it's going to be, and I'll try to color coordinate with my dress. <laughs> Now listen, man. Hey, hey, our next house we get is getting a floor furnace. <laughs> Gotta try this thing out. Okay. Larry, take us out. Jesus loves you and so do I. Thank you for watching and listening. We love you. We're out. Thank you for watching or listening all the way to the end. To be a guest on the show or to get a hold of us please contact us at info at helpmyunbelief.org. And more importantly, make sure to check out new episodes every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Central.